Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. As we've said before, The Mandalorian has been one of the only redeeming things from this year of our Lord 2020. Mm -hmm. We've lived for it, we've loved it, and waited patiently 10 months to get it. So it's pretty amazing when something comes along and puts it in a deep shade for at least a day or two. So we're going to break down some of the exciting developments coming from Disney and Marvel along with two chapters of Mando in this episode 50. What you going to do, brother, when Fetmania runs wild on you? Brother. Horrible Hulk Hogan. Please don't ever let me do that ever again. <laughs> My name is Todd, and with me as always is the man who once fell into an industrial vat of eggnog and drank his way out in just under two hours. He is the J.T. Smith to my Val Puccio. We're going to make you an offer you can't refuse, or we'll just hit you with a chair. I give you the man they call Tim. How are you, my brother? You know, I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm going I've, on? Um, so, like I said in the in our pre-production meeting, I am sweating like crazy. <laughs> I'm I'm sweating out like sesame uh, sesame sauce for my my feast of Chinese food from earlier. I was gonna say you're you're kind of rocking the feast and, uh, oh. and and now paying for it. <laughs> oh my good lord! I'm I'm just literally just sweating out sauce right now. Correct the mundo. I don't. Uh, it's gonna oh, be a boy. very interesting episode. I mean, as oh. always. So, before we get too far into this, sir, can you name the tag team? Well, I the the names don't exactly ring a bell, but I'll I'll say the FBI from ECW, but I I may be wrong on that one. And you are correct. Do you want, do you know what the FBI stands for? Oh, fully blooded Italians. There you go. Uh-huh. So, once again, I tried to stump you and once again, I failed miserably. That's uh, all right. Of course, I've had these four and a half decades to perfect that, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. (laughs) So thank you all for listening and and tuning in. And before we dive into uh, Star Wars, hey, let's talk about some other Star Wars and Marvel stuff. Uh, Timmy, what you got there for the weekend? Oh, and before we actually, you know what? Let's do this. Just to to set the scene for y'all. Uh, Tim has made some upgrades to his studio space. Mm-hmm. He, he he now has this Zen garden sort of thing going over there, it, it, like a waterfall. Yes. The, he is actually seated in the midst of like one of those sandboxes where he can draw like the, oh. he can like rake it around him. He's very Zen right now. And I this am. is all basically for him to stay out of the hospital and for me driving him insane. Serenity so. now and sanity later, baby. <laughs> yes. Or as I like to say, Idiocy now and something else later. Intelligence so, later. <laughs> if, if, n- intelligence, pff, never. Uh, so if you hear a, a waterfall in the background, just know that is that is like the House of Blue Leaves in Kill Bill, mm. and there's a sword fight going on in back of him. There's like this really cool standoff. That's right. Going on. Uh, so uh, what do we got for the week in geek, sir? The week in geek. 
was so funky. Well, before we get to the to, to the juicy stuff, how how are you doing, my friend? Because I, I was mathematically eliminated from the playoffs last week. Uh, yes, in you fantasy were. football, and and what what hurt worse than being eliminated, worse than that, is the fact that had I had I triumphed in my final uh, regular season bout, uh, we would have had the idiot bowl too. Mm-hmm. And you and I would have faced off, and I mean everything was just aligned for it. It's just uh, uh, I I just could not uh, summon up the points. Uh, there there was no one on the bench that could have performed better. I literally put out the, the you know the best lineup I could out of the players that I had, and uh, I I came up short. But mm. in round one action of the playoffs for the sixteen pounds of gold, uh, how are you doing? Mr. They All Hate You. Well, I have a feeling that I'm going to be joining you very soon on the Uh-oh. golf course or whatever you do when your fake internet football team uh, oh, craps no. the bed. Uh, so I am in a in a game against the team who you faced last week, and right now I have a 25% chance to win. I'm down 188 to 200. Uh, what? My, my oh, opponent God. has... Uh, has a wide receiver going right now and I have my final player going right now as well and uh yeah so I feel like I put together a pretty good week and the problem being that I for sentimentality's sake I started Debo Samuel from the San Francisco 49ers in honor of tiny uh tiny Lister yeah who passed away this past week and of course uh, I figured well I got to start Debo as his namesake I mean right. this is He's going to go out and score like 30. And no, he he went out and got me a whole one point. Oh, brother. And right now I am relying on this guy from Pittsburgh that I've had on my roster. And every time I've started him, he's either given me a goose egg or like next to nothing. And so that is the hope of my team. So you're saying they all hate you is looking at a bounce out of the first round. Uh, it's beginning to look that way. Because, hey, uh, but we yeah. might still have Idiot Bowl 2 in the consolation bracket. Oh, there's a consolation bracket? Oh, yeah. I'm sitting in a bye right now, my friend. <laughs> Sixth place and you get a bye because you need that much rest. I, well, you know, you know, one has to tend to the wounded ego, so. Bind up your wounds. <laughs> yeah, it's not looking too good for they all hate you, so maybe, all yeah, right. we'll... And and you know what? Honestly, if is there a better way to really epitomize just us in general than having Idiot Bowl take place in the consolation bracket? I mean, that really is on brand for us. I, I believe so. I believe so. So it's almost like we tried, and I and if that does happen, we totally did. We planned it that way. So even though we couldn't have Idiot Bowl two in the real playoff, we will have it in the consolation playoff. <laughs> yeah, it'll be Incompetence Bowl. That's what it'll be. Which. <laughs> Is fine because in another twenty years we're going to have incontinence bowl. That's well, going to be the competition we're in at that point. Oh my gosh! Fantastic! <laughs> it'll, be, it'll just be us texting back and forth. Eh, crud! I didn't make it past ten, and I pooped my pants. <laughs> oh, good lord! I made it to eleven. <laughs> oh wait! Uh, uh, no problem there. False alarm. Oh gosh! Good. Never trust gracious. a fart, sir. Never trust a fart. No. Nope. All right. So, what else we got going on besides uh, my incompetence at fantasy football? Well, setting aside all incompetence and incontinence, uh, uh, hopefully Thursday, I mean, Thursday, December tenth, twenty twenty, will be. Oh uh, I should say Thursday evening, mm. December tenth, twenty twenty, will will live in infamy. There was. It'll live in glory. Are you kidding? Well, infamy. infamy. Glory, same thing. 
You're wrong. Depends um, on how you look at it. Not, not really. But okay, yeah. go ahead. Well, <laughs> actually, who am I to go against Glory? It was glorious. Did, it was. Did, did we stop when the when the Germans bomb Pearl Harbor? Oh, Don't good. stop him. He's on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. Ah, good old Bluto. Yeah. Um, yes, that that evening will stand as one where we were uh, just inundated, and and when I say inundated, I mean inundated with. Uh, announcement after announcement after announcement from Disney uh, mm. for a range of television shows and uh, a couple movies sprinkled in there. Uh, it was that- like it was like one of those like uh, those late night like you know what do they call it like uh, the commercials or I don't know why I'm, I'm blanking on this right now like the te- the tell the infomercials. Oh, okay, yeah, like, yeah. But wait, there's more. Oh yeah, yeah. And that ju- it was just th- that. With just like, oh, and here, and here, and here, and here. And then at some point, it basically turned into Oprah, like, and you get a spinoff, and you get a spinoff, and I, you get a movie. It's and incredible. You get- it's absolutely incredible. And Oh, man. And uh, we will go into greater detail um, next episode, as we will be mm. having, uh, coming back for, I believe this will be his fourth time. No, guessing? I think this is fifth. His fifth I'm, time. I'm pretty sure this is fifth. This is, we're we're into like some serious like. He's in the five timers club, baby. Five time, five time. Oh, here we go. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do the whole one because I'm. <laughs> quite honestly, I'm tired. <laughs> Book, Chinese food feast is knocking me out. Booker Uncle Todd is is calling it after two. So, oh, you you might have to finish this one on your own, sir. I might just be. I was going to say there there is the potential that Uncle Todd may be heading into a nap here at some point. The the uh, feast will 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 cause him to to go into a slumber of sorts. Yeah, I'm looking at the stool right now, thinking maybe I'm, I'm I might have to sit for this one. <laughs> you know, when you're negotiating that you could pull a nap off on a stool, things are not looking good, baby. Oh my god. Yeah. All right, but oh. so we're gonna we're gonna discuss all of these Star Wars stuff with uh, with Mr. Jimmy Dice next episode. However, don't don't worry, folks. But it didn't stop still, there. No, we still have fifty percent of of what I am calling Geekgasm twenty twenty. Oh my gosh. To talk about, it I was mean, incredible, sweet, good mama. So you so have Star Wars, and then you have Marvel, and Marvel came out with a whole slew of of different updates and announcements as well. So I don't know if you, uh, you know, Uncle Todd was a little more uh, connected into that. I, I kind of covered the Star Wars side of things, so I'll 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 be more uh, useful next week. <laughs> but on the Marvel side, uh, we got Wandavision. We got oddly enough, that's what I say every single week when it comes to work. I'll be much more useful next week. Of course, of course. You're wrong. But we got. Uh, I don't know. You want me to run through the list, or or how do you want to do this? Well, I mean, first of all, I think the biggest ones are we we actually got a couple of trailers for things that we've heard about and that were coming fairly soon. I mean, we really hadn't gotten a look at at Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. We got a trailer for that. Loki was kind of like the next thing after that. I mean, we have WandaVision coming, then we have uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then Loki was a, apparently that's like the next one after that, and no real word on that except for back what, like six, seven months ago, and they they announced a whole bunch of this stuff, but they didn't yeah. show you what it was going to look like. They just showed, like, oh, here's what the title looks like, and it was weird-looking. Well, now we kind of understand why it's weird-looking, because this show is, I mean, let's just put it this way. Marvel has essentially pushed all of their chips to the middle of the table with this whole multiverse thing. Mm-hmm. They are all in on this, because... 
Loki looks absolutely bat spit insane. And that's mm-hmm. after watching, you know, uh, WandaVision with a new trailer, too. And that one looks nuts. Yeah. But Loki looks even more nuts, which I am all in on. Oh, my God. Tom Hiddleston just doing wacky things. And then Owen Wilson. Yeah. As well. Where I, I don't even sign me up. Just just tattoo that one on my forehead. Mm-hmm. I'm in. I'm in. But that one is going to be interesting because it's diving into this uh, TVA thing, which uh, is the Time Variance Authority. Which I looked this up because I remember hearing about this somewhere along the line in my in my uh, geek journey. And essentially, this is this is a uh, an infinitely vast bureaucracy, which. Sounds a lot like, you know, everything that we deal with. It sounds like and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> a bit. There there might be a bit <laughs> the of the improbability drive, the in- <laughs> Yes. And uh but it basically it 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 governs a significant number of realities in the ever growing multiverse. And so basically it's it's keeping tabs on all of the realities that it, that have existed and I guess it's in charge of kind of maintaining order and 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 separation and all this stuff, hmm. and it looks like uh, it looks like the TVA is out after Loki because Loki has done a fair bit of messing around. Yeah, and what it looks like is that they're going to use Loki almost as a work release kind of thing to go and neaten up some of these timelines. Yeah, which is looking awesome because we already get into like a what is it DB Cooper, the guy who who the the Skyjacker who just disappeared. Yeah. Uh, you know, we get into that and all kinds of just weird looking stuff, man. That that show is looking awesome. I'm I'm hoping through some of this multiverse stuff though that they do kind of explain because what, what's what's kind of odd. Um, I was watching over the week, um, you know, clips from like Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame, and you know, if if you go off of what the canon says when it comes to the Infinity Stones. They, they basically bound reality together. So it'll be interesting to kind of see if when Thanos destroyed the stones mm. um, and, and even though Captain America restored, you know, the stones that they used to pull off the time heist back to their respective times, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to kind of see or understand if, you know, what Thanos did is really, you know, what, what kind of sparked all of this. Because yeah. now you don't have any 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 Infinity Stones governing the galaxy at this point. Yeah, it that's going to be interesting for sure. Um, yeah. So but man, Loki Loki looks awesome, yeah. and then uh, we got a first look at uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which looks great because even though you know they were kind of buddy buddy at the end of uh, at the end of Endgame. You know, they were buddy buddy in that like, hey, we just watched a whole bunch of people die, yeah. and uh, yeah. and we didn't. So hey, we're we're good for a few moments, but it's it's starting to get into like where, like what's going to happen with Captain America, like yeah. the mantle of Captain America, and and how are these two going to work together, and what are they doing? I did watch What's that one, and, and the question being asked, or, or or the statement being made, is maybe the better way to put it. Of the, there's that there's how do they say it? There the the shield is complicated, or there's more to the shield. Mm. Or something to to that effect that that it's 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 a more you know involved kind of thing that the Falcon has kind of undertaken. Yeah, yeah, and which is it's going to be true. It's going to be very true because the you know 
I, I, I'm not going to get too far into it because then we'll spend the entire episode talking about this. But that looks really cool. Um, the other thing that we kind of got a, a trailer for, which I'm really psyched for, is What If, which yes. is... Looks like oh there there's the fountain there's the fountain baby the serenity Zen- now um, serenity now um, now Mike Buford T Justice Smokey <laughs> the Bandit too <laughs> I got this out of Screw magazine and um, which I just I I forgot that was a line in the movie and I I was watching it and I almost spit out like the seltzer i was drinking anyways um yeah what if looks uh, absolutely fantastic and you know the fact that it's animated i think is great and just from what we saw like you know peggy carter becoming like captain america except it's not captain america you know she's the super soldier and you know what if t'challa was picked up instead of peter quill by the by the um by Michael Rooker, and yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I don't remember what they're called, but yes, <laughs> and, you know all of these like, and I think that's such a cool idea, and it'll be really interesting to see how that goes. Um, and then we've got kind of a few updates. I mean, a lot of this had kind of been announced. I mean, we knew we were getting Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, we knew that Shang Chi was coming. That's that's actually in in production right now. Like they've actually been filming that. Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel two, Hawkeye, and then we get a bunch of shows like She Hulk, Moon Knight. Uh, Secret Invasion is going to be interesting. And not all of this is coming out next year. This is going to be spread out across several years. Oh yeah, I mean they're definitely recycling some of this in in terms of like, hey, and we're doing this. Like, well, we already heard about like, yeah, but we're still doing it. Okay, cool. And you know, fair enough. That's going to be interesting because that's a uh, that's going to be Nick Fury and uh so we get Sam Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn in a Disney Plus show again Marvel just throwing nice. all the money to do this sparing no expense as they would say in Jurassic Park uh the the one that I was kind of surprised by was Armor Wars so we're going to get Don Cheadle in his own Di- you know Disney Plus series and the one that I'm actually tremendously excited for is Ironheart which is uh, the story we I think we had talked about this before when some yeah. of this stuff got mentioned, and that one wasn't announced yet. But now we've got a, it's it's been announced, and we actually have an actress, uh, Dominique Thorne. Nice. And the funny thing is, uh, she she will next be appearing in uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, which is a Warner Brothers movie, which I only know because we it was one of the movies on the slate that you were talking about in the last Week in Geek that's going to be thrown onto HBO Max, which some folks are not as happy about as we were. Uh, but uh, we'll talk yeah. about that another time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm excited for that one because that's the entire, that's a story of like this, you know, child prodigy who's a, a, like a young teenager at MIT and builds her own Iron Man armor. And then in the comics, she is actually taken over for Tony Stark uh, for certain periods of time as Iron Man. Nice. And nice. so that... That'll be kind of cool, and that was actually one of my theories of how they'll get Robert Downey Jr. back to the MCU in a part-time role because the AI in Ironheart's armor is Tony Stark. Yeah. Which would be absolutely awesome just to hear, like, snarky Tony Stark talking to this kid in the armor. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'm, agree. I'm, I'm all in on that. That's that's going to be fantastic. Nice. And uh, and then a bunch of this other stuff is really things that we already knew. We knew that Thor: Love and Thunder was coming, right. and that's going to be great. Um, actually, for that one, it's going to be weird because we've got um, oh, who's a uh, Christian Bale is the bad guy in that. 
that ought to be interesting. And then uh, you've got Ant-Man and Wasp 3, or Ant-Man 3 has a title, Quantum Mania, which, sure, sounds just about right for Ant-Man. <laughs> I, I, I kind of dig the fact that Ant-Man is its own weird sort of thing. And that they're they're they they're kind of finding ways of of these different movies having their own kind of lane, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. And I, I kind of dig that one. We did get um, some more hype for Fantastic Four that they're coming. I don't know exactly when that's happening. Probably not in this next phase because that would take some some severe shuffling. But of course, who knows? I mean, everything is getting shuffled right now because you know COVID. So uh, and then Black Panther two which they've already made the announcement they will not be recasting the role of T'Challa. So uh, T'Challa is no longer, we're not getting like a new T'Challa. Like, um, which I, I, I think makes sense. I mean, I, I think, oh, yeah. you know, Bozeman made that his own. And I, I don't think it's, you know, I think there's ways that they can move the story forward with, you know, I, I think they can still use, you know, I don't know her last name, but Letitia. Um, Letitia Wright, I believe. Yeah, who, who I think would would be a great, you know, stand in, you know, maybe not as Black Panther, but as some other role. You know what I mean? Like, I think her character would be great to keep carrying it forward. Mm. Well, it would make sense, too, because she is T'Challa's sister. She is the next right. in line for the throne. And uh, and in the comics, that there is a precedence for that of, of, of Shuri taking over the mantle of the Black Panther at some point. So it, you know, as tragic as it is, you know, this is the this path has already been, you know, blazed in comics. So right. it's there. Right. You know? The question um, I have for you, sir, is... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just... I'm getting... I'm finding my Zen center well, from your, I, and, your and I'm glad you're, you're there because I want to ask you about the announcement of, of Fantastic Four. For the third time, do you think they'll nail it finally? Uh, yes, because it's not... It's not Fox trying to do it and trying to, you know... For lack of a better word, trying to reinvent the wheel, they they kept that the first one. I mean, honestly, let's go back and look at the you know the nineties. Uh, what was it? Was it Jessica Alba? Who was a uh, in that one? Uh, yeah, and I Michael think it was Chiklis. early two thousands. Yeah, and that was when we got a pre pre Captain America Chris Evans as uh, as Johnny Storm. Flame those, on! Those two movies weren't horrible. You know, they were they were what they were for that time period. You know. And they're they're not wretched. It's not like it's you know, Santa Claus and the Martians kind of bad. Fan four stat, fan four stick, whatever the abomination that happened a few years ago. Yeah, that was wretched. That was horrible. And fan four fest. I mean, oh good lord. But yeah, Marvel's gonna do it. They're gonna do it right, just because that's what they do. I don't know how else to say it. That's I, just what they do. They, they 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 have this knack of just taking, you know, content that hasn't worked before in other people's hands and turning it into something that is viable. And so yeah, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm interested now to see what they'll do. Yeah. And then of course we're also in that same line. One of the things that was announced was Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, which because of course apart- well, yeah, and they're going to shoot that apparently while they're shooting Guardians 3. So, and I have no doubt that it'll be awesome. I have no doubt that it'll it'll be a lot of fun. And then we also get an I Am Groot TV show, which I'm wondering if that's animated. Nice. And will Vin Diesel, are they going to pay Vin Diesel? Or this is going to be one of the areas like, we can get anybody to say I Am Groot. 
we don't need Vin Diesel for this. You know, we can save a couple bucks. Although I don't know how much your Vin Diesel's really costing you. <laughs> I don't know. Um, his going rate yeah, so, is fifteen hour. No, <laughs> could be. I don't know. He's a but yeah uh, yeah so and very a very 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 heavy uh, slate of stuff coming up. Uh, when we'll get any of it is anybody's guess. I mean, we're getting WandaVision, what, beginning of January? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Falcon Winter Soldier is in March. And then in May, uh, we get the theatrical release of Black Widow. We'll see if that actually ends up being on Disney Plus mm-hmm. and theatrically. Because um, eventually they're going to have to get that one, like, out. You just have to at some point. <laughs> because it's now that they're starting yeah. to do these TV shows, and this is another thing that I noticed – in the Loki trailer, kind of oddly enough, there was someone in a black sort of suit with what seemed to be red hair sitting on uh, on like a rock or something that looked a little bit like that um, Vormir-ish sort of area, you know? So I wonder if we might get a, a ScarJo cameo in Loki, you know, and that's one of the timelines that's getting neatened up or something. It could happen. I, I don't put anything past him at this point. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, man, a lot of stuff coming because this year has been like the year without Marvel. So we finally get some some new Marvel stuff next year. Oh, but I'm excited. It's going to be awesome. Yes, indeed. <sighs> and I'm not just saying that because I'm about ready to fall asleep from Chinese food. I'm I'm legit excited. Well, and, and uh, I mean, if, if there's nothing more to, to be said about Marvel, there, there is one last bit of business we got to touch on in the week in Geek, one mm-hmm. that I know is de- near and dear to your heart, my friend. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, from time to time, we, we do talk about those who uh, have made an impact in the entertainment industry and have, and have uh, passed on uh, for, mm. for one reason or another. And, and sadly, on Thursday as well, I mean, Thursday was just like, I don't know how much more entertainment news you, you could really ask for in one evening, um, but, but this was one we could have done without. Uh, Thomas Tiny Lister Jr., mm. uh, passing away at the age of 62. I uh, believe the, the latest is potentially from, from COVID uh, symptoms, mm-hmm. but uh, he, he was Zeus. He was the president in the fifth element. He was Debo mm-hmm. in mm. Friday. And uh, uh, and I know that's some, a career. I, I, that's a I, career in three movies right there. I know, and I know a character that is near and dear to your heart, sir. Man, it's 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 bad to see Debo go, you know. And I I I'll have to repost it. Uh, someone actually liked the tweet, uh, but there was a video of like Debo and Chris Tucker like at a church. Yes, you you sent that to me, and I and I watched some of it, and it was you know I mean Chris, uh, it, it was funny. It was funny. Oh man, I would I would watch that entire movie. Just you know, Smokey and Debo go to church. It'd be like one of those old Ernest movies. I would have watched that in a heartbeat. Like, yeah, sure, why not? Yep. Oh uh, yeah, it's 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 man. Twenty twenty has been rough. It, it has it, it, it been has. rough. It but man, uh, and, and we did bad. an episode on No Holds Barred this year, my friend. So here here's at- to you, tiny man. We we oh, salute. Fare thee well, Debo. Salute. Fare thee well. Mm. And that, my friends, is the Week in Geek. Well, thank you very much for, as, as usual, your sleuthing, your research. Uh, your- Dude, you prop this one up for most of the time, <laughs> so I'm, I'm just, I'm just sitting back waiting to be useful for next week. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a dissertation ready to go on, on all the Star Wars news, my friend. 
You don't have to give away all the secrets. You could take. I'm trying to throw you a bone there. And you just no, I'm, I'm giving credit where credit's due. You, you, you nailed the Marvel stuff, my friend. Thank you. Threw it right back in my face. Fine. Fine. All right. Look, so you're losing gonna... in the playoffs. I'm trying to give you a little something, something, oh, my friend. Oh, there we go. There we go. There's the dig right there. That's what I was waiting for. That's why I sat down finally. I just, I, I, I knew you're gonna kick my legs out from under me, anyways. Serenity now. Oh, you know what the sad part is? As full as I am, I'm thinking like after I finish this up, I'm probably gonna go up and finish those noodles. Well, I'm t- <laughs> totally gonna do it. Uncle Todd needs to sleep, so you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> I'm not even going to warm them up. I'm going to eat that stuff cold right out of the fridge. I don't care. So good. All right. So we're going to talk about uh, chapters 14 and 15. The business. Yes. The tragedy and the believer. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to get into a little Mando here. And we're going to do this. This kind of worked out well last time. So we're going to try and milk it one more time and see if it works again. We're trying to avoid doing a play-by-play of these episodes. we're, We're... both of us are, are such fans of, of the series and of mm. the fantastic storytelling and, and show in general that it, it's hard not to get caught up in just trying to retell the whole thing, you know? Mm. So this is a way that I think we're trying to, you know, put put a little constraints on us here to just kind of keep it focused, keep it moving forward and, and, and not do a complete retelling uh, in audiobook form, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, just saying, all right. So I'm watching it now, and this dude's doing this, and this dude's doing that. Now it's this is happening. It's like this isn't a radio play. I can people can watch this on Disney Plus. Although I will just say, I just did take a sip of Old Forester. Thank you very much. Ah, there you go. Ah, good man. All right. Uh, So we're going to go back to our tried and true buy sell, not so lightning round formula for this, Mm -hmm. and leading off. Buy or sell, Grogu's reaction to his name is the best. I will buy. Yeah, I'm going to have to buy on that one, too. I, it is great. I mean, if if if, if the character of, of Baby Yoda, the child, Grogu, whatever you want to call him, isn't cute enough, I mean, that, that whole sequence of Mando just saying his name being like, <laughs> you know, just mm-hmm. sitting there, just like getting a kick out of the fact the kid is like looking at him. And, and the funny part is the second time the sounds he's making are getting a little bit of like, you know, a tinge of annoyance going on. Like, yeah, dude, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. I'm busy over here. I'm busy looking cute. <laughs> do you know how tiring it is to look this damn cute? The oh. silver ball is, is, you know, something I need to focus on. Leave me alone. Yeah. I'm trying to force unscrew this silver ball. Uh, it's such a great little sequence. Oh, and fantastic. yeah, it, it is great that they've basically... The only way you can make Baby Yoda cuter is if you essentially turn him into like a space golden retriever. And that's what they do. with it. When Every time he says his name, they're like, eh? and you get that head tilt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, that is just awesome. It is the best. Uh, it's an easy, easy buy to start out with. Mm-hmm. Next up... Buy or sell, Favreau has managed to rehab all the injustices done to Boba Fett by George Lucas. Uh, I have to buy this one uh, as well. I I think this episode, and to to a lesser extent, the the believer as well, I I, I really, really am enjoying just the depth that's going into Boba Fett. You know, that, that, I mean, here's a character who... And, and, and credit to Lucas. I mean, in the original trilogy, Fett did not do a whole lot. But, man, if you ask anyone who is a Star Wars fan who grew up in the 80s who their one of their favorite characters were, Fett is at the top of the list. 
Well, how does that credit George Lucas? I mean, he had a character that everyone liked, and he did nothing with him. Well, it's a credit because the fact that that I mean, he didn't say anything. He didn't, you know, like like he he didn't. It wasn't like he earned his status like Han Solo. Like, all right, taking a step back. Mm-hmm. Han Solo is, is one of the favorite characters because Harrison Ford played that smuggler character so well, and and mm. pe- and people just connected to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And to take a character like Boba Fett, who's really a background character, and he is someone who most people who grew up in that era will name as one of their favorites when he has no lines, virtually. I mean, he has like mm-hmm. a couple, right? And his mm-hmm. whole job is, you know, basically transporting Han Solo from Cloud City to to Jabba's palace. But but the fact that there's a mystique around him, you know what I mean? Like I think that's what drew a lot of people to like this idea of bounty hunters and Boba Fett being kind of the articulation visually of what a bounty hunter would look like in space. I I, I just think he he just that's what I mean when I say Lucas, you know, kind of did. A solid, at least an empire with him. Return of the Jedi is a whole other story, <laughs> and 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 that's where I and, and that's where I buy this because I think the way that Fett went out in Return of the Jedi was was just such an injustice to to the character, um, mm. to to go out in such a, a an odd way with with a blind Han Solo, you know, kind of hitting his jetpack and propelling him into the barge and falling. Yeah, it was into a three. It was a Three Stooges way out. Oh, it, it, and and. Right, and and that's what I didn't understand because up to this point he was built up as as such an uh, uh, intimidating character. Yeah, and to have him go out that way was just like what, like it's like jobbing out Darth Maul at the end of of Episode One. You know and what I mean? This is why Lucas gets zero credit from me. I'm buying on this. I'm buying. Lucas gets zero credit because it, it's not it's not a one off. He did the same thing with Darth Maul. All the buildup, all of the, oh, creating the mystique, and then pfft, nothing. What does it wind up going? Nowhere. And mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why I look at, you know, people getting all, you know, and us too, getting ticked off that, you know, they didn't make Kylo Ren the big bad in, in Rise of Skywalker. Kind of fits in with Star Wars because they ha- there's a history of this, of, t- of having like really cool characters that you're like, oh, there's so many possibilities, and they do squat with them, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I'm like, ah, it's sort of like stormtroopers, you know, not being able to hit anything. It's kind of just part of the DNA at this point. Yeah. But, but, but yeah. in this episode, seeing Slave One, you know, mm. arrive at the planet, land, you know, seeing the character, and we'll get into a little bit more of the specifics around it. This was such a, um, I don't want to call it a love letter of sorts, but it just feels like an appropriate, you know, justice to the character in kind yeah. of reestablishing it and, and just showing how nasty Boba Fett really is. Oh, yeah. He's, I mean, he's a badass. He is a badass. Honestly, Favreau has done more in like the, in the two, what? No, three episodes that we've actually seen him in at all. Mm-hmm. And in those three episodes, he's done such a great job developing that character. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he was not developed at all in and, the original trilogy. And uh, I, I, you know, we kind of reworked this in, in the pre-pre-production meeting, but I loved <laughs> the line that drew kind of a, a connection from the prequel series, from the prequel trilogy to the original trilogy when he says, I'm a simple man making my way through the galaxy like my father before me. I mean, if that isn't yeah. like the best melding of, 
you know, kind of the Luke phrase of how he's following his father's legacy with the Django Fett phrase from the from the prequels and bringing all that together. I I, I just mm. thought that was just such a so, so, such a great detail, you know, point to to kind of bring that all together. And and you know, I mean, it's a minor thing, wasn't a huge thing, but it, I mean, it's it's to the character, you know, and it, mm-hmm. and it, and it makes sense given the context of when we saw Django. And, and, you know, just, you know, re- kind of remembering what Luke said as well. Yeah, it's so obvious that this is being made by fans. And, and fans with skill, though, because, uh, you know, I can totally understand the idea of the artist wants to do what the artist wants to do. And, and in some ways, you don't have a right to, to piss and moan about it right. afterwards. Right. You know, or you can... But it really doesn't mean anything. Like, I can sit here and, and piss and moan about George Lucas doing this, that, and the other. And you know what? My opinion actually means just about squat. Yeah. Yeah. It's not my movie. I'm just a fan. And it's something I like. And I can complain all I want. But ultimately, Lucas is the one who 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 conceived of this, who wrote it, who directed it, who has who nurtured this along through six movies. And... Man, I, I can't compete with that. Now, on the other hand, it is all it is interesting because you have this guy who, you know, obviously kind of did it his way and the way that he wanted to. He's like, well, you know, I want kind of, you know, I want things to go this way, and you know, Boba Fett just sort of, you know, I mean, I'll be hidey ho. Sorry, I had to slip into a little Kermit there when I'm doing George Lucas. Hidey just, ho. <laughs> well, yeah, it's hi ho, Kermit the Frog, you oh, know, that nice, sort of thing. Very nice. And, uh, you know, which is basically just, uh, you know, Lucas without the beard and, you know, and a slightly different skin tone. But the uh, but, you know, when you have Filoni and Favreau doing it, it's like, no, this is what we always wanted. Mm. But they're fans who also have the skill and a reverence and kind of an in on that. So it, it yeah. adds a little extra gravity so it doesn't turn into just like fan fiction. Yeah. And and doing the whole, well, no, this is what I want. Like, well, who? In some ways, like, well, who cares what you want? You're not actually doing the thing. Yeah. But they're actually putting in the work and and managing to combine that fandom with actual, you know, they're splicing it, almost like they're splicing two plant, like two trees together or something. Yeah. They're splicing it together with the, with the original and then their reverent love as a fan. That's probably the best way to put it. Well, and, and, it, and, it's and then the result is the depth. You know, there, yes. there, there, there's depth now that you get out of it. Like, Boba Fett isn't just a bounty hunter anymore. Like you understand that he is one of, you know that 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 I think the fandom that came from just seeing him in the '80s was well warranted because this is a this is a character who is nasty and if you know you're someone who, you know, loves Star Wars and loves you know kind of that that role playing you know kind of universe sort of thing like this is the sort of rogue character that that people get drawn to you know I, I mean in a lot yeah. of ways han solo is a favorite because he is a rogue character he's just a rogue character who leans more to the good side boba fett i kind of look at as more of a neutral you know I, I i don't think and he says it in the episode like i don't have allegiance to anything mm. right and later on we'll, yeah. we'll we'll hit on this with with a later buy or sell here but but i i think his only allegiance is to the deal that's what i find so interesting with with his character and what favreau and filoni did with him in this episode because it's it just it puts a focus and a spotlight on him gives him some depth gives him some screen time more so than he got on the movies uh, and and we've talked about this in other episodes like i feel like this is the beauty of the television format that we get yeah. to go into depth on characters like this and you 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 would not be able to do that in the movie format yeah definitely all right so next up buy or sell 
Fennec Shand surviving. Honestly, I mean, uh, she has a great impact in the episode, and it's it's great. You know, I'm, I'm curious to see what her character does moving forward, but I, I'm going to sell on this one. I, I, oh! I... Do it. When we last saw her in season one, she was dead. And, or, or, or pretty much on death's door. And I feel like it was a little bit of a, a cop out to kind of say, Oh, look, I'm, I'm mechanical in my mid region now. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like she was done in pretty well, you know? I know. It's almost like, you know, someone was uh, tossed into a a Sarlacc pit. Come on now. Uh, Well, I mean, if you're going to be okay with that one, uh, he could have flown out. It's it's dude, it's possible. Dude. It wasn't like he fell in and then popped right back out. Like everybody else that went in there got eaten. Well, I I think uh, Fett is special. Okay, and that's well, all you... I got to say about that. And there you go. It's hard to argue with that logic. Well, um... I'm just saying. I just it just <laughs> felt like a cop out. Like, you know, I I can understand it to a degree because we've seen it in this universe. The 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 you know, kind of the power of cybernetics and so forth and, and you know, Vader and, and so forth, you know, uh, uh, not, what was his name, General Grievous, others. Well, no, but Vader's who, a good example. Vader's got two, what, two legs and... All of his limbs primarily. I mean, I think yeah. maybe his right arm is the only thing that's organic, you know, but... Yeah, um, his, uh, and then Luke's got a, got a cybernetic hand. you it's, got General it's not Grievous, that, well, like you mentioned. When I say sell, it's not that it's not believable. I just, I felt like that character had served its purpose and was done. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and it, it's not that it ruined the episode. It's not that it's a bad thing. It's just, I kind of felt like, I don't know, her, having her tag along with Fett just felt a little out of place but that was just me hmm. well i'm gonna buy on this because i like the character and i think in in the in the realm of space magic it makes perfect sense to me uh especially when you are going to in at least in pseudo canon now you're going to bring back darth maul i mean that dude was literally sliced in half and somebody was like nah we just glued him back together it's fine <laughs> okay all righty then. Although this this does bring up the question, and it'll be interesting to see how the season finale plays out because there's the question of who might have connected with Grogu. And you and I had kind of a text exchange this week about this, that if it's a certain someone who, who we think it might be, not Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. and I won't say who until it all plays out, if it ends up being that, I, I'm going to have to seriously ask the question – of, of Star Wars as a whole, what are the stakes then? You know what I mean? Like, if everyone comes back from death mm. in some way, shape, or form, are there really ever any stakes? You know? I mean, I, I get the whole thing about leaving them with hope, but at the same time, th- there's got to be some stakes in order for it to feel like something means something. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but at the same time, you also have to factor into it, you know... <sighs> You know, yeah, a bunch of people come back, but that happens in everything. I mean, how many other movies are, you know, is someone dead? And then they, miraculously, they're not. You know, they, they're they only wounded, and then they come back and save the day or, you know, whatever. It, I mean, it's a common thing, and it's, you know, it's the same as when you, when you see a retirement match in wrestling. Like, okay, see you in six months. Right, Somebody right. needs knee surgery. You know, it's kind of... Like, all right, yeah, sure. I mean, in, in, in Lord of the Rings, you know, you really just have Gandalf. 
but otherwise the, the stakes are pretty high you know like you're if you get killed you're dead you know i mean mm-hmm. gandalf is the only one that really kind of comes back in a different form and and that works for me but when you have things like you know the emperor coming back and you have and I'm not trying to say like Fennec coming back is at the same level. I mean, I I can live with it. It's well, not, the Emperor shouldn't have come back. The Emperor that, should sh- not have come back. Do it. Yeah. But if you keep bringing people back who go through deaths, I mean, the 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 as I mentioned to you in text, the exception I give to Boba Fett is do it. I felt like the way he went out was such a disservice to the character. Do it. Which really hadn't been developed, you know, a, a great deal in the movies. Do it. And 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 I didn't feel it was really necessary if you really think about it. You know, I mean, yes, he brought Han in, but was it really necessary for Han to kill him? You know what I mean? Do it. Mm. It, it. It just didn't feel like it was necessary. I mean, just let him fall off the uh, off the skiff, and you know, he he's a side character who survives to fight another day, but doesn't seem to cross paths with the rebels. You know what I mean? Do it. It didn't have to happen that way. Shut up, Wesley. So, in other words, if it's a character you like, they should totally be allowed to come back from the dead. If it's a character you're kind of ambivalent about, then eh, they did. Well, am I, I reading that right? Yes and no. <laughs> yes you know and what? no. Good for you at least to own part of that. <laughs> I mean, I well, no, I am owning both. part of it. I'm, 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 I am giving some credence to what you're saying, but at the same time, I'm also, you know, kind of defending my point here, which is, I feel like Fett coming back, you know, as as crazy as it as as it may have sounded, just made sense because it, you know, to to give the character its due. I think makes sense because of of what it you know what he ended up being in terms of of a fan favorite uh it's not about a favorite of mine it's favorite of everyone's you know what i mean you're wrong oh see now you're trying to cop it out you're trying to no come on now it's for the people for (laughs) the people (laughs) still selling on fennec ain't changing me baby All right, so this next one is is rather interesting. Buy or sell. Dr. Mandible had a hand in Fennec surviving at Fett's direction. Now, Dr. Mandible, of course, the the tragically named uh, insect that uh, that What's-Her-Face was playing cards with. Uh, uh, what was it? Is that Tatooine? In Chapter that... 10, The Passenger. Yes. Uh, so what are you buying and selling that the insect uh, helped Fennec? I'm buying this. I I don't think Fett can you know is talented enough to be able to to, to pull off the the tech technical miracle that was her midsection. I I think maybe this is where we see Doctor Mandible being more than just a poker player. He's uh you know a restorer of 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 midsections and and lost limbs. Now why why is it Doctor Mandible got to be a he? Why can't it be a she? Doctor Mandible is is one who who it will. <laughs> That was kind of a cheap shot, but I had to take it. Uh, I'm going to buy on it as well. I mean, just because, I mean, why not? I mean, because like you say, it's not like Boba Fett is, you know, this, you know, electronic wizard. He is just a simple man trying to make his way through the universe. Damn it, Jim. I'm a bounty hunter, not a surgeon. Uh, all right, next up, Mando leaving his jetpack on the ground as the stormtroopers arrived on, what was that, Tython? Uh, yes, the, that was Tython. Yeah, where the miracle seeing stone was. Leaving his jetpack on the ground as the stormtrooper arrived was completely understandable. Buy or sell? I'm selling. What the heck was he thinking? 
Yeah, that that was one of the dumber moves ever. I, yeah, that's a total sell. I mean, I, I understand Fed asking him to put the jetpack down because it's like you know he's trying to you know negate a potential aerial advantage over him. But mm. when they saw the stormtrooper, you know, ships coming down, it's like pick up your jetpack and put it on. Yeah, yeah, that was. It oh, just it was... felt weird. It's like why would you not do that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That yeah. it's I. I mean, I'm also the guy who who argues that you know Fett surviving a Sarlacc pit is more believable than Fennec surviving. But hey, the heart wants what it wants. I'm I'm in, in agreement. That is one of the most boneheaded strategic moves ever, ever. And and we later find out it does end up playing a role because it takes him longer to get up the hill with Fennec to try to save Grogu mm-hmm. from the Dark Troopers. Yep. Like, if he had the stupid jetpack, he would have been able to fly up there, grab the kid, point, gone, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. Uh, you are you are getting no arguments from me, sir. Killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. Yep. Uh, next up, Fennec and Fett dispatching the stormtroopers was nasty by Star Wars standards. Buy or sell? All right. This this is, is the strongest of buys. <laughs> Uh, I I gotta tell you, watching I put my kids' college fund in on this one. Watching Fett with that gaffy oh, stick, just geez. go to town on these stormtroopers. Yeah, was just, I mean nasty's not the right word. I'm sorry, nay, savage. Oh yeah, savage Brutal. baby. Brutal. Oh my gosh, the the facial expressions on Tamora Morrison were just spot on, my friend. Mm-hmm. Oh, this this yeah, was good I, stuff. That was that was again uh, Favreau just giving you everything you ever wanted from Boba Fett, and and just in retroactively making you just dislike well, at least me just be like ah oh, Lucas you jerk oh yeah why couldn't we have gotten some of this back in the day you and know? if it, and if it wasn't bad enough that stormtroopers are incompetent and seem to be able to get shot at the same sort of you know rate as people without armor, mm. him just shattering the armor with that stick was just incredible. Mm. I mean, it was just such a great effect to just have him just like just beat. I mean, there's one scene where where the the camera just goes on the stormtrooper who has been decimated by him, and he's contorted in ways the human body should not be. Oh yeah, yeah. And again, uh, Robert Rodriguez directed this episode, oh, and yes. the action sequences totally looked like it. Just so so smooth, so good. This episode seemed like it flew by. Like yes. it went, yeah. it felt like it was only like 15 minutes because it was constantly moving, which is uh, definitely one of Rodriguez's kind of strengths is he's always keeping stuff moving. Oh my gosh. I wanted like an hour and a half more of this. Yeah. Great. Great, 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 great. Yeah. I'm buying on it's that great. as well. Great. If it's not Scottish, it's crap. Well, and, and I'm sorry. And, and to give some credit to Fennec, I, I think it was great to have her character, um, not only in in that sort of sharpshooter mode, but also you know using the boulder, mm. you know just just being uh, j- just looking you know savage herself with with the weapon, Ooh, you know, and yeah. just taking them down. There, there's that point you think she's kind of getting overwhelmed and she's just still you know you know taking troopers out. I, I just think it was just a well done action sequence all around, and mm. uh, y- you know I, I mean there, there's a lot of focus on Fett because I think. You know, honestly, in my opinion, I, I really feel like this episode was meant to elevate and and, and kind of um, reinforce the mystique of the Fett character, even without the armor. Oh, yeah. But also being able to kind of, kind of just tell you, like, 
he he getting up there like that that yeah. whole thing at the end where he's like that was a nice shot. I was like I was aiming for the other one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and Which and that's the thing. He, like even when he gets his armor back and he's not using the gaffy stick. I mean, he is still savage with those stormtroopers. I mean, the way he's gunslinging. Ooh, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you know, taking them down. The knee rockets were were just hysterical i mean it's just like you know i'm gonna throw a knee here <laughs> you know i mean just takes t- you know shoot some missiles out of his knee of all places mm-hmm. um i mean just it, it was just such a service to the character and you know i know you jokingly said you know well it's characters that i like but yes i mean i i think you know to take a character like this that that wasn't given great service in the movies and to, and to put a spotlight on him um in this way was was just fantastic from a fan perspective it was neat, even. It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up. Fennec using the Indiana Jones boulder roll was a nod to other Lucas franchises. Buy or sell? I'm going to go with you first. What, what are you thinking? Uh, it's a real weak buy. I mean, I don't think it was necessarily a nod. It works that way. I think it was more of a Western sort of thing, like rolling the boulder down the mountain to cut him off at the pass or, you know, things like that. It's hard to say, you know, because the, the whole the whole deal with the boulder in Indiana Jones was, you know, the heroes running away from it. You know, it's the, it's more the escape from the boulder than the boulder being used as a weapon. Right, right. It was still cool, though. Yeah, I'm I, I'm a buy on it as well. I you know I, I just find it funny that Indiana Jones being kind of a Lucas franchise and just the way it kind of played out in the episode. It just I mean you know what was it a a verbatim copy of Indiana Jones with the boulder? No, but it was kind of a neat nod to use it as kind of that offensive weapon again. And just I mean literally bowling over stormtroopers was just really funny. And, mm. and 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 I just thought it was just kind of a, a nice touch, a little homage, if you will, uh, mm, to yes. to the man. I agree. I agree. Next up, stormtrooper armor holds no defensive defensive value at all. Bye bye bye. Sell. <laughs> I mean, seriously, and, and we'll get into this in in the believer, which is the next episode. But if if someone you know point blank with no armor on dies because of a laser blast, what? value is the stormtrooper armor if they go down just as easily i have no idea whatsoever i've never understood what value that armor has i mean it can't it's not like it's beskar or anything like that like they they get taken out real easy and now we're just seeing like boba fett absolutely shatter it with a cudgel well that's the thing the 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 gaffy stick it's like he's just like you know it's like nothing it's like plastic you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. he's just like just going to town and just taking him out. And I'm like, this armor literally serves no purpose at this point. <laughs> yeah. I think the only reason they're, they're wearing it is because the, the normal thing under that was like just black sweats. And they're like, all right, well, we got to make this look tough somehow. They're wearing it because Moff Gideon said so. Well, kind of a good enough reason. Honestly. Well, that's that's true, too. Yes. but Do it. Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a buy on that as well. That. It is ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, next up, buy or sell. Dark Troopers are basically just the space version of Iron Man. I am again going to defer to you first, my friend. You you covered the Marvel stuff so eloquently in the uh, Weekend Geek. What are your thoughts, my friend? Well, so here's the problem. It's not strictly Iron Man because it's a suit. 
You know, Iron Man's supposed to be the suit. You got to do it in the inside of it. Dark Troopers are just, well, they're robots, or or I mean, I don't know what they are. I mean, because it's the 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 joints. There's no person inside there, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I think this kind of demonstrated them as being, you know, not quite the like I I thought they were kind of a cybernetic hybrid. You know, of okay. So, is it, might there be a brain in there somewhere? Like a human brain is inside of it, or or is it a an AI of some kind? Like, is it a almost a droid, but it's sentient of, in some way? It seems like it's fully droid. Okay. Now, was that the same as in the video game? Uh, as I recall, yes. The first one, the second one, I thought it was more hybrid. So, how in the world can they be force users or force enhanced or force infused if it's a if it's a robot? I I I. Sorry, there's a lot of water going right now. <laughs> Dude, don't don't worry. I, I know your I know your fountain is you know it's sensing your stress right now because you've oh my you've, gosh you you had that you're getting very amped up about the Boba Fett thing. Hey, you so know I, I love fat, okay. baby, love fat. Oh yeah. No, I I, I think uh, the force abilities didn't come until the sequel or the one after it. Okay. And I thought it had more to do with it being hybrid, you know, like a human droid combo sort of thing, but I'm not okay. I have to go back and look. All right. I mean, yeah, they kind of are. They kind of are. But 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 in that scene when they were approaching, you know, kind of the the seeing stone kind of mountaintop there, that just felt mm-hmm. like such an Iron Man sort of scene though. When they flip into the landing position, Oh yeah, and the rockets come on. I mean, first of all, props to the, to to them to acknowledge that kind of thing and actually put that into play because I think in other, you know, in other cases we've seen in Star Wars that you know the the laws of physics are not necessarily honored, mm. um, but here you know it just made total sense. You know, you're you're descending on a planet, you're about to land. It makes sense. Fire the rockets from the feet and slow yourself down as you descend. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, oh no! It's I. It, yeah, it it is and it isn't. But uh, I'm it's a weak pure speculation. It. But I just feel like you know, given Favreau's involvement, it wouldn't surprise me if this was a little nod, much in the same way that when um, Bryce Dallas Howard, you know, did uh, what was the episode called? I forget. Um, when Mando was landing on the on the uh, water planet there, not the Mon Calamari planet, but. You know his. Ship. Oh yeah, yeah, from season one. For, no, no, from season two. It was episode. Uh, I think it was chapter twelve. Uh, when when he's landing, um, when he meets Bo Katan. Oh yeah, yeah, and how yeah, that yeah. was kind of a homage to um, Apollo thirteen. Yes. That I just felt like this was kind of a homage to to Iron Man. Yeah, it could be, could be. I could see Robert Rodriguez doing that, throwing that in. So I was just looking. Do it. Did a quick little uh, search here and on. Uh, this isn't Wikipedia, but this is like Star Wars fandom.com or something. Uh, Dark Troopers were advanced battle droids and infantry exoskeletons that featured heavy plating that resembled the armor of a stormtrooper, powerful weapons, and jump packs for increased flexibility and tactical advantage. Ah, nice. Nice. So, yeah, there you have it. I Whatever will uh, try for next episode to have a little bit more context around the Force-using ability because there, there, was, there was Dark Forces 2... And I forget if that's where the force sensitivity part came in, or but then there was one called Jedi Knight because uh, the main character in the video game, Kyle Katarn, um, goes from being a bounty hunter 
strictly to then being a force user. Like huh. he, he kind of discovers over time that he has this ability, you know, kind of built into him. And so it becomes more developed. And then there was a game, I think that it was called Jedi Knight, where he's fighting, you know, troopers who have that sort of force uh, ability. But I, I will research it. And, uh, and of course, we'll have Jimmy Dice with us to set me straight because I'll probably be wrong. You're wrong. Well, yeah. I mean, most of us are wrong when it comes to that stuff because man's the expert. Correct the mundo. Uh, so next up, uh, buy or sell. Boba Fett executed a proper quote unquote loose follow. Oh, you skipped one. I did? You skipped oh. one. Oh, well, I'll get back to it. All right. Um, I don't know what a loose follow is, but 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 that seemed like a tight follow to me. I'm selling, baby. Yeah, me too. That was probably the worst loose follow because, I mean, how did they not notice? When you fly <laughs> literally under the Star Destroyer, I don't know how that's loose. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure either. That one didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. That was, that was a little ridiculous. I thought that was just kind of funny. All right, so going back, uh, buy or sell. The tragedy was the obliteration of the Razor Crest. Oh, buy on this one. The the tragedy was not Grogu getting kidnapped by the Dark Troopers. The tragedy was the Razor Crest no longer being baby. What happened I there? Am, I am going to sell. How dare you, you callous individual, you? Just no regard for Baby Yoda. I mean, is nothing sacred? The you ship had ship. The, the the ship could make you know you know could freeze the 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 quarry that he would catch. It's it's sad. You're, you're you can get another ship. Baby Yoda isn't replaceable. Well, I don't know. We had Yoda. Now we have Baby Yoda. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. But I mean, in in a, in a sense, like you know. I mean, it's not like it's a Millennium Falcon or anything. Although at this point, it really kind of is like it jumped really, really quickly into like the top five Star Wars ships of all. I of, mean, when when time. it was held together by fishing line, it was more of a hunk of junk than I think the Falcon ever was. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even the Falcon in Episode Seven was in better shape than the Razor Crest was. Uh, all right, next up, uh, Boba Fett honoring the deal is in uh, the deal being uh, gets his armor back and you know he's going to help Mando uh, is in line with a character from the original trilogy. Buy or sell? So I'm buying this because, and you and I were talking about this in the pre pre production meeting, but um, what and, and I kind of alluded to this already with with the comment of him being kind of a neutral character. You know, the, the villainous nature of, of Boba Fett was really related more, I feel, in Empire to him taking Han Solo and delivering him to Jabba mm. than it was anything he actually did. You know what I mean? And so I, I really thought it was and, – and, you know, honestly, when, when I came up and, – and we'll talk about this in the next episode, the how wrong my theory was – but my theory about him kind of being Gideon's plan B was really steeped in the idea that he was a villainous character. And I liked how in this episode they kind of brought out the fact that while he is someone who doesn't have allegiance to any one particular thing, he mm. is guided by at least this belief system of, you know what, I, I made you a deal. I said I was going to do this and I'm going to honor it. Like that, that to me is not a villainous character. A villainous character would make a deal and then go back on it. Mm. You know what I mean? And when he said to him that he would ensure the safety of the child and the child is kidnapped and he says, you know what, I'm going to help you recapture him or mm. get him back. That to me kind of opened the door to him being, you know, maybe he's not a pure good guy in the, in the strict sense of an archetype. 
but he at least had he you can tell he's bound by a code of 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 quote unquote honor in a sense like yes. like my word is my bond sort of thing mm-hmm. and at least when you're dealing with someone like that you're dealing with someone who uh, is ruled by some set of rules as opposed to someone who's purely chaotic and has no rules. You know what I mean? So I, yeah. I thought it was it was a reinforcement of who his character was in the original trilogy, but casting it in a in a different light and a different perspective, if you will. I will. Sure. Yeah. I'll. You know, I I was a sell on this before, but after listening to your reasoning, both in our pre-production meeting and in uh, in the show itself, now I'm a buy on it. I agree. I I think that I think I think Boba Fett is much more of a neutral character, and yes, he is he is shaded good or bad by whoever he happens to be working for. Right. Um, and I think they did a fair. I think they did a pretty good job of explaining that in this episode. Right, and and my whole theory was steeped in the fact that Gideon had kind of influenced him, or you know, paid him off, or whatever, to say go get this. But clearly, that's not what's happened here. You know, like he has, as far as we know, he has no interaction with Gideon, and mm. so he's strictly you know working with 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 Mando at this point. Yeah, right. Uh, next up, buy or sell. Grogu doesn't use the Force on Gideon because they have a past. So I am going to buy this, but I want to ask you the question of, of, of what your thoughts are on it, because I did find that kind of odd. Like, why would he be playing, quote unquote, playing with the stormtroopers using the force? Gideon walks in, who's clearly an influence that's not the same as Mandalorian, but he doesn't do anything to him. I'm going to sell okay. uh, because he's tired. I mean that's I mean I and I think that was what Gideon did was he he basically put the put the stormtroopers in there and ah uh, so you think he's wearing him down yeah yeah I mean it's not like he it's not like he's unaware of this creature and what his capabilities are I mean that they they have him for this reason and they've had him mm-hmm. to get the to get his blood he's he's wearing him down wait until he gets tired and go in there like I'm, you know i'm not gonna i'm not getting into the ring until the bull's been you know jabbed and stabbed a couple dozen times yeah. uh-uh let, let him take out a few of these uh a few of these you know stormtroopers that i've got a couple dozen of that i could waste you know that's that's what i think i guess i could yeah i i, I could see that to a degree i i just what what's funny is like he's standing in the room and and grogu is still throwing the stormtroopers around what is Stopping him from just force choking Gideon, and 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 the way Gideon walks in the room very confidently, mm. just kind of makes me feel like there's something there. Not, I don't want to say it's the same relationship he has with Mando because clearly he seems to have that attachment to him. But there, there's something. I I don't know. I I kind of feel like there's something there. Could be. You could very well be correct, sir. I just might be an idiot with a microphone. No, that's Which funny. is kind of the story of my life. Uh, next up, scenes like the Carthon Chop Fields. Gosh, what a great name. Give the Star Wars universe depth. Buy or sell? Uh, I'm going to buy it. I, I kind of, you know, I think what I like about it was the fact that you just kind of saw these broken down like TIE fighters. And, mm. you, you know, you don't know, you don't have a lot of background into why this is the way it is, but it seems like it's just kind of a, uh, 
I don't want to call it a galactic junkyard, but but it seems like a junkyard of sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and just you know, it, it's to me, I I kind of like the detail that comes out in the show. You know, with with you know uh, with with uh, Mayfeld, you know, his whole job is is basically you know he's kind of taken apart or doing some work or whatever it is on the on these broken down Tie Fighters. And, uh, you know, for me, it just kind of helps bring, you know, some color and depth in, into the galaxy. You know, like we, we see these these ships being blown up in space and, and they kind of just go away. And you, you see the junk field the way it is and, and or junkyard as it is. And you just kind of feel like it's, you know, just a representation of, of the, the battles and the carnage that have kind of happened in the galaxy with with this whole conflict between rebels and, and, and the empire. You know what I mean? Mm. No, I agree. Yeah, it's, it's man, it, again, it just adding so much texture and depth, so much shading to this, instead of it just being the kind of the, the very bold lines that it was when you had, of course, just the first few movies. Now we are really coloring in everything and we're getting it's not quite as as cut and dry as it was before and we're starting to see different areas of the universe and man i'm i'm loving it absolutely loving it i mean it 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 took 35 years but but i i i feel like the movies did their job in wetting our appetite for this sort of thing like i mean if you're someone who's a fan of sci-fi and a fan of um, you, you know, you, you being someone who, who reads a lot and, and wants to, and, and does writing, um, mm-hmm. you know, it feels like kind of it, like, like it makes sense that the movies kind of get you thinking, like, what is this like in more in, in kind of more detail? And then you start and then the TV series finally is giving us that detail. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And and honestly, this is one of the reasons one of the reasons why they're able to do this is because. And, and this is one of the reasons why I think that you're you're going to see a ton of new Star Wars content, and they've kind of figured it out. Like, oh, you right. know what? We just have to completely separate ourselves from the original trilogy. It, we have to separate ourselves from the Skywalkers. Yes. Yeah. Just totally. Yep. And then it's not an expectation, and we're not always weighed down by this thing, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what's worked so well, because even though Mando... You know, uh, Boba Fett was in the original trilogy. This isn't about him. You know, they're bringing that in for for texture and they're bringing in other elements. But it's not like this is tied into, you know, Luke Skywalker or Anakin Skywalker. Now watch. Anakin Skywalker is going to show up in the next episode just because I've said that. And at that point, I'm going to stop watching the show. No, who am I kidding? I'm not going to stop watching the show. That's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Anyways. um, Yeah. No, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, so next up, <laughs> buy or sell, Boba Fett has a guy that gave that armor a paint job. I think he has a guy I'm buying, baby. I mean, to, correct me if I'm wrong, but when he walks out of Slave 1 at the beginning of that episode and the armor is that dark green, dark red, dark yellow, you know, on the, on, on the shoulder pads. Mm-hmm. I mean, did, did that not, like, stand out like a sore thumb? I mean, like, when did you have time to do this, dude? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell right. this because right. Boba, Boba seems like kind of a DIY sort of guy. You know, I don't think he has a guy. I don't think he has too many people. 
I don't think Boba talks to a whole lot of folks. You think he seems flying like very... through the universe, simple man, as his father before him. Uh, he's just got a spray painter enslaved one, just gonna you know hose that thing down. No, I think I think it's just some Formula Four Hundred Nine little you know. Couple, oh, that's true. You, know, you can do a little scrubbing. Dude, Beskar, man, you just all you need to do is maybe it's even just like a little lemon with some like kosher salt on it. Just <laughs> a little SOS pad on that bad boy. <laughs> yeah, just you know, just a little elbow grease, man. I mean, you got to have something to do between planets. Oh my god! What else gosh. am I gonna do? Oh my god! I've already gosh. you know played that space chess game a few times, and you know I'm I'm just gonna just go scrub my armor. I'll buy it. I don't know. I'll buy it. Anyways, so next up. Uh, buy or sell slave one uh, the internal rotation of the cabin for slave one is one of the top five geek out moments for season two uh as as i have with probably 90 percent of the ones we've talked about so far i i will buy on this one um mm. i i mean you, you know the, the the funny thought popped into my head as slave one took off from you know the carthon chop fields like, how do they not all fall to the bottom of the ship as it takes off because it's rotating like that? But it was it was so cool to see them all sitting in this like cabin area, and you just see the rotation happening, yeah, while they're talking. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I barely even remember what they were talking about because I'm just watching it, going, oh my gosh, so that's how that works. Yes. Yes. That's dope. Oh my god. Well, and the best part is once they know where they need to go, like once once Mayfeld tells them, you know, hey, you know, I need an Imperial terminal and there's one located here. I just love how Mando just so like, you know, just just so uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? Like j- just, you know, very comfortably is just like, "Hey, Fett, we're going here." <laughs> yeah. It's like set course to Brooklyn. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, no sleep. Uh, anyways, uh, oh no, I I agree. I'm I I'm I'm buying on that. Although I'm not, I don't think it's one. I don't think it's top five necessarily. It's definitely top ten. Cause and that's only because there's been so many freaking cool moments in this show so far. Yeah. No. I, and and you know, I, I termed it as top five only because, and and you know, not not to belabor the point any further, but again, it's one of those things that. As a fan, when you see Fett and Slave One in the movies, you're like, what a cool ship, but there's no time to spend on the detail of it. You know what I mean? And, and mm. you know, I mean, I, I'm coming at it as, as a sci-fi kind of, you know, fan, you know, and, and, and there may be people who listen who, who don't quite get this perspective, but those little details mean so much because it's just... It, it's the articulation of imagination. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you think mm-hmm. in your head, how does this thing really work? And to start to see it play out on screen is just is just so much fun. You know, so for, for me, um, you know, I'm curious, like for my kids, how they view it, because they've kind of like this is what they've grown up with. You know what I mean? And for me, yeah. I've grown up with just the movies, and now to see some of this stuff play out on TV, um, and just to see the depth being, you know, put forth is just, uh, it, it's 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 neat. It is. It is. Neat. Um, and I think I. I... <sighs> So I agree with you, I, and I think it's really cool that they do this. What I think is is so cool about this is that it's not its own moment. You know, they didn't take the time of showing everything and just with music swelling or anything like yes. that. Yes, yes. They just did it as, like, stuff is happening, and 
otherwise they'd just be sitting in a room and they're like, hey, let's just make the thing rotate around them. And I'm going to guess in the volume, you can kind of do that pretty easy. And, you know, just this whole idea of doing that, like while you're doing something else, anytime you can do like, you know, you can kind of kill two birds with one stone, you know, go right ahead. But I think that the thing is, what makes it cool is the fact that it's been so long and that's something that people would wonder about and that it's really hard to do that in real time with a new thing because it hasn't been this built up sort of thing. Like the whole reason that we're like, oh my gosh, Slave 1 is so cool and this and that and oh my gosh, I want to know how that works. Because it's been around for 30, you know, 40 years and we've always kind of wondered like, how do you, how does that work? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that, that was, that was so cool. Yep. Yeah. And, um, you know, for for most of i mean it kind of goes to the point i said already but but for most of what we've known in terms of fed and slave one all we've seen of him do is you know kind of ferret you know han solo's frozen carcass from one place to another yeah it was really cool both in in you know the last episode and this one to just kind of see slave one you know kind of um you know featured in a very different way you know what I mean? Like seeing people kind of jump into it and mm. seeing like like getting a sense of scale of it. You know what I mean? Like like yeah. in the same way we got a sense of scale of the Millennium Falcon in the movies. Um, yes. Is something we, we didn't really get to see, you know, from, you know, before this point. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, so next up, Bo-Katan and Boba Fett have helped soften Mando to the Creed. Buy or sell? Uh... I wrote it, but I'm going to sell it. Oh. I'm going to sell it because uh, I, I have uh, flip-flopped in a way because uh, I think I was buying before. But, you know, I want to say that, um, you know, Mando kind of getting out of the armor, Mando taking off the helmet, I think we're seeing a man who has made a connection with another being who is uh, wanting to care for it you know, as a father would care for a son. And I think mm-hmm. you're starting to see that parental sacrifice that tends to play out, um, start to take place. Mm-hmm. And I wrote this because I, I did find it interesting through season two that Mando has encountered other characters who are not as, you know, hardline around the creed as he is. And yeah. I was kind of wondering if maybe you know, seeing those things plus what has happened to him in terms of losing, you know, Grogu has kind of uh, softened him a bit. But but I'm 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 flipping, I'm flopping, I'm saying sell, and I'm thinking Grogu and his, uh, you know, Labrador Retriever like uh, you know <laughs> response to his name has mm-hmm. worn the hardened uh, bounty hunter down. Uh, and I agree. And I, you, you stole it out from under me. I, 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 I sell because I think it, Grogu is the one who has softened his heart mm-hmm. uh, on uh, on that count. Uh, so next up, uh, buy or sell the slow drive through the village foreshadowed Mayfeld's imperial baggage. Uh, in, in retrospect, I'm buying. Um, I really liked how they added a dimension to the Mayfeld's character in this episode. Mm. Um. I am all for taking characters like like I I really appreciate the fact that they they revisit characters who have appeared in season one, and give them another layer. It's not just like they're bringing them back for with with no purpose or reason. 
he, you know, and, and we'll get into this in one of the later buy or sells, but, you know, the fact that he is, um, you know, that, that he's carrying a lot of weight with him based on what he's lived through, you know, especially like, like you, like I wasn't thinking this, of course, when they were driving through, it was kind of a curious scene when they drive through and they focus on the kids kind of looking up at the truck mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, both he and Mando looking down on them. But when you then see later on when he has his, you know, kind of his speech where he talks about Operation Cinder, mm. you begin to understand that Mayfeld is carrying a lot of scars with him. Mm. And and I thought this, you know, looking back, I kind of look at this as this is kind of a foreshadowing of this because he's driving through uh, this area, you know, slows down. We have no idea if normal Imperials would even do this and just kind of looking down at the kids and the people uh, and, and, you know, in, 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 in his dialogue as they're driving through, he's like, you know, here we are, you know, we're, we're intruders on the, on these, you know, basically in another group's land, so to speak. Mm. Uh, and, and just how that, that pattern seems to repeat itself throughout the galaxy. Yeah. They don't care if it's the, if they don't care if it's the Republic or the, or the empire it makes no difference to these people. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I, and, uh, I'm buying on that and I agree. I think it's great how they've managed to, you know, in some ways I, I get like we, we want, we want some of this to be almost more doctor who we want Mando to gather his companion and to then that that's who you're with the whole time. You want Cara Dune and, uh, you know, or you want grief cargo to come with him and to have all these adventures, but by rotating those around and spending some time with just Mando and Grogu or just Mando and another character and then coming back and getting to revisit those characters, you have time to add layers on. Mm-hmm. Whereas it, you know, and you can kind of do it in, in bigger jumps because then while, while Mando's away from them, stuff can happen to those characters and you don't have to explain it. Right, like you don't have to actually show it. You can just t- you know give it a real quick tell, and it's like, oh, then that's what happened, and you buy it because he's been away from those characters for a little while, you know. And man, that is such. It's gone from a thing where I'm like, no, but I want these characters. To now, I'm like, oh, I totally get why you're doing this because you are you are able to like rapidly add layers on, you know. Like the next time we right. see Bo-Katan, you know, some stuff is going to happen. And, and we're going to get some more stuff. And you buy it because there's some distance there. You know, they aren't right in your face the whole time. You're not watching a slow evolution. It's like when you you don't see someone for a few years and then you see him again. You're like, oh, my gosh, you 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 lost weight or you lost hair or, you know, you, hey you now. did this, you did that. I mean, no, it's happening to me. Trust me. You know, what happened to me at an accelerated pace. Well, you know, you were an overachiever. That's uh, true. Hey, thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. That's how you have to look at Absolutely. it. You know, my, Absolutely. My follicles were overachieving. That's right. I said, the heck with this. Why do I need to have hair? Get rid of it. Just get rid of it all. That was the next evolutionary step for humans. You, you're just ahead of the curve. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. So uh, next up, um, do we want to do Mayfeld's line? Because I don't, I don't even remember that that well just skip uh, skip ahead to the tie fighters all right uh next up tie fighters hit their targets because we spent so much time bashing them by yourself i gotta buy this one baby i mean for crying out loud they actually hit something for once 
Oh, yeah, pinpoint accuracy. It was great. Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to understand the difference between the run that they did to take out those pirates and the run that they did when they were shooting at Grief Karga and Cara Dune and the the blue alien there who got frozen in season one, episode one. It's like, come on now, folks. Oh, the Mithril. That's right. That that that's what it is. Yeah. There's no difference. Oh There's no difference. Gosh. It was only to spite us. Yes. Because you know what? Favreau listens to this show. And he's he's totally queuing off. Of us. course. Of course. <laughs> he's one of the millions. Uh no. And <laughs> thousands. Dozens. <laughs> and dozens, yes. <laughs> uh, and what about you, sir? We got a baker's dozen of listeners, but we love them all. We do. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna buy this because I yeah I'm just feeling vengeful. I feel like this was only despite us after we spent so much time bashing them in the last episode. And they're like, oh, you know how we're gonna show these chuckleheads, mm-hmm. <laughs> take them out with with like just one shot. Like, oh, okay, nice, yeah, all right, you fine. Hit the targets for once. Yep. The only time, and you know what? There's gonna be some fanboys who are pissed about it. That's not how Tie Fighters supposed to work. Uh, oh, you just can't please people. All right. Uh, so buy or sell. You were cheering along with the Imperials when that truck pulled in. Uh, I got to sell. Okay. This is a safe place. You can, you can, it's all right if you need to admit it. I got to sell, baby. It, it just felt really? weird cheering. Like we've never seen the Imperials like being happy about anything. They're always like a miserable lot. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, <laughs> knowing how effective that armor is, and knowing that you're you're like one glancing blow away from just being demolished. Eh, well, I and the fact understand. that I guess two other trucks are blown up on the route that they were just like, oh my gosh, we got one in. Who would have thunk yeah. it? <laughs> and, and that was just the two that day. We saw the wreckage of like four or five others. Oh my gosh. Oh, and I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna buy. I was actually kind of given a little little fist pump, and it was it was it was very weird because again we've never seen Imperials do that. It's always been a very stoic sort of thing, and to to understand like oh wow they've done a really interesting thing here. Like I'm I I ended up rooting for the bad guys in a weird sort of twisted way, um, and it is a little it is a little odd that whole thing. Would you say this is sequence. a function of the diabolical genius that is Favreau and Filoni? Um, yeah, but I think it's also it has more to do with a uh, with a uh, uh, Rick. Uh, I'm oh, not, I'm going to butcher I, his name too. Um, Femiua. I wrote it up here. Femiua. Uh, Femiua. Sure. Sure. Let's just say Rick, Rick, so that we don't we don't embarrass ourselves further and 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 trash his name, um, because he's not here to to help us correct it, and I can't remember what it, how it sounded. Um, but no, I think that might be more of him, like just an idea of like what would it be like it, to have this moment? Because he wrote it, he he directed the episode, so I'm guessing that's probably you know something he put in. Um, yeah, and it is it, it it again it kind of in a show where you know those lines get a little blurry and you're dealing with a character who is a bounty hunter mm-hmm. i mean that's your main character mm-hmm. who is you know literally his his livelihood is going to the highest bidder it adds a lot more grace gray area that you're you're in because you're usually like oh no i 
bad Imperials. And in this case, you're kind of rooting for, for right. you know, that truck. And that truck is what the Imperials are rooting for. It's like, ugh, I'm on that side right now. Yeah. This is <laughs> this is awkward. Uh, but yeah, so I gotta, I gotta admit, I was, I, yeah, I was kind of, I was kind of buying on that. Nice. Not really, but hey. Uh, so next up, Mando will not tell anyone about taking the mask off in the Imperial refinery. Buy or sell? Uh, I'm gonna sell this one, and and here's my thinking: that I think at some point down the line he's going to reconnect with the covert that he was connected to on um, Navarro, the one that mm-hmm. vacated, you know, their their layer there, and. I think there's going to be a discussion between him and the armor where, you know, he, he's going to like, I don't think she's going to ask him, but I think he's going to confess mm-hmm. because he is going to basically use, or and I don't mean to say it this way, but I, I feel like he's going to use the mission to justify the action. You know what I mean? Like yeah. his mission was to get Grogu to his kind so that he could then follow whatever path he was supposed to follow. That that was what he was commissioned to do. Mm-hmm. And I think what he's going to do is to justify his behavior or his actions in this episode where he took his he- his helmet off and he, you know, showed his face to Mayfeld and to the Imperials, most of whom are now dead. Mm. Uh you know as as a a means to that to you know to that end. Yeah. And and I think it's a brilliant, you know, plot device or storytelling device because you have the hero who clearly you know is brought up in this creed and in this way of believing and who is now being challenged in his beliefs because of the very mission he's been called to carry out. Yeah. That is an odd thing where it's like this is the way and now it's putting him on this path of 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 questioning everything that he has always believed is just, you know, this is this right. is it. Right. Like this is how the this is how our entire, you know, all Mandalorians are. And it's like, eh, not really. And now you're also getting into these other areas of, well, I had to do this and now how do I how do I deal with this? It's almost like you're seeing like the deconstruction of the character while it's also building into something else. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and I I agree with you. I I I'm going to uh I'm going to sell on that as well. I think it will come out and I think it's uh however, I I think it's actually going to come out in a in a slightly different way. I think there's going to be more of an accusation sort of thing mm. and I I think he's probably going to get booted out if if he if you were to yeah, to encounter them again he would no longer be one of the children of the watch yep yep that's just my i could see that as well uh so next up buy or sell imperial security protocols are a complete effing joke and why would that be and here here we are talking about facial scans (laughs) which (laughs) Apparently that facial scan doesn't mean anything cuz I mean when you think about it if they know who Mando is then of course that's going to kick into the system but if he doesn't show up in the system then they then why would they give him any data Yeah like what I'm what I'm, I mean a a a room at the Motel 6 in Scranton Pennsylvania is more secure than the Imperial computer system Agreed 
I'll be a buy on this oh my one. Gosh. I, I thought this was just, you, you know, being someone who works in technology and, you know, listening to the explanation of, oh, well, you got to, you know, your, your face has to be scanned in order for it to do anything. I'm like, okay, but if your face is scanned, wouldn't it need to match up to someone who should be, you know, able to access that data? Otherwise, it's just like you're just. One would think. You know, anyone with a face can apparently access imperial <laughs> data. <laughs> That's that's all it is. They just want to verify. Yep, he's got a face. All right, good enough. All right, he's an organic being. We will open up the floodgates of information to you. <laughs> hey, what else do you want? Do you want plans for the Death Star, too? Oh. We're going to build a third one. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this oh one's a whole gosh. planet. And it's like, yeah, well, okay, uh, sure. When, why not? Oh. You know? That was, that was, oh, so stupid. Yeah, bye. That's, that is just the dumbest thing ever ever mm -hmm. it's basically apparent but then again i mean i guess you could say well no it's literal it is just a facial scan like we just want to verify you have a face mm. okay because apparently there was this faceless race of creatures somewhere along the way that the empire really hated yeah yeah all righty oh, whatever um all right so uh next up buy or sell tps reports being part of the star wars universe oh i thought that was hysterical i'm buying i i thought that was great anytime you have an office space reference in an intergalactic conflict <laughs> amen baby <laughs> now my only problem with this was that we didn't get like a slightly pudgy stormtrooper with a red stapler at some point <laughs> That would have been lovely. Or one of the high-ranking officers like, yeah, I'm going to need you to work the weekend. <laughs> that actually would have been perfect for that, whatever that Vane, Van, whatever his character's name was. We lost two trucks on the route. I'm going to need you to work some extra hours. Hey there, Peter. Yeah. yeah. Um, that would have been great. If he just came over and like leaned on the terminal, like, yeah, having trouble with the facial scan. <laughs> oh yeah, that would it would have been too over the top, but I would have loved it. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, I'm a buy on that too. That was such a great little throwaway line. That was. Oh, it was, it was great. That was so good. Uh, all right, so um, next up, buy or sell. Every imperial high-ranking officer is a smug, evil jerk. Ah. How can you not buy on this one? Yeah, I think back to Empire, and uh, I, f I forget the character's name, but the, the guy who was promoted to Admiral mid-movie is oh, like, yeah, bounty his boss got choked out. We don't need their type around here. Yes, sir. It's like, oh, yeah. Uh, okay, what the heck? <laughs> what the heck purpose did that phrase just... And this Nothing. one, and this one, uh, yeah, just 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 the smugness as he's talking about, um, you know, especially as May, you know, as Mayfeld drills in a bit to to Operation Cinder, and this guy is like, oh yeah, we had to take out some people, and it was fun, mm. you know, it's yeah. like what the heck? <laughs> oh yeah, it was. Oh and, my I mean, gosh. And I'm gonna I'm gonna buy on this one, and especially because you know, and this one killed Batman's parents. Like, we've got Joe Chill. I know. Sitting in there, I know. Joe you know. Chill is a high-ranking officer, uh, which is perfect. Actually, makes total sense. Um, but yeah, and 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 of course, it also kind of helps me understand a little bit, like 
but it, like, okay, how are they so incompetent? Well, they're so smug, you know, and that whole, you know, pride cometh before the fall. But it still begs the reason. How are these guys taking over anything? Anything. Like, they are completely incompetent. Just a complete group of numbskulls that can be taken out at any given moment. I'm impressed they can blow anything up. Your gain went way down oh, or something. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, no, I, I, I'm impressed they blew anything up in Operation Cinder, given how you know they normally miss what they're shooting at. But well, I guess the whole idea of Operation Cinder, just from the quick little you know minute and a half I spent researching, was that it was like just scorched earth to you know after the empire after the emperor died yeah, or something like yeah. that. That, you know, just basically just to ruin these planets. So, I mean, you don't really have to be all that accurate for that. So at least that I can understand. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, and you know, it, it wasn't completely out of the realm of, of you know, understanding that, you know, May- Mayfeld just kind of lost it on him. Yeah. I mean, just, just the amount of enjoyment that man had discussing what happened on, uh, what, what was that planet called? Like Burnt, what was it called? Burnt Con oh. or something like that? Yeah, burning, burning corn. Bur- burning burning con, I think, is what it was called. Yeah, yeah, which was a great planet name, by the way. Oh, was, yeah, fantastic. Um, but yeah, I mean, just so creepy and just so smug, and you're like, Ugh. yeah, you you be, after a while, you're like, you know what? I don't care if this does blow the whole mission. Someone's got to shoot this guy. Yep. Yep. Someone has got to shoot this guy in the cafeteria. Um, Take him out. And which. Which leads us to our next one: buy or sell Bill Burr as a dramatic actor. I'm well. I, before I go, I'm sorry because I've been going first on all these. You, sir, please. I'm a buy on this. He was uh, like in the in his previous appearance back in you know season one. It was a great character, you know, and it was it was a fun sort of deal. And it's always good to hear, you know, like the Boston accent, you know, somehow make its way into another galaxy. Of like, course. okay, I guess that's a universal. Like there's there are, you know, Bostonians everywhere. This is apparently. wicked cool. Yeah, smack back. Um back. And, and so but to bring him back and then to to take him in this direction where he's not just a smart ass mm-hmm. and actually carries a few of these dramatic scenes on his uh, really on his own yeah in in or, or carrying the bulk of the drama the drama uh the dramatic scene himself man he was he was good he was really good i i was i'm a i'm a solid buy on this one he was yeah and, and i am as well I'm a, I'm a buy on this um but you know definitely believable given the character uh and as we talked about earlier with you know that slow drive through the village um you know, it, it, it's it's always interesting when you have, you know, especially when you go back to season one and see his character as it was portrayed in that prison break episode. And mm. you come away with, you know, and similar to what we're talking about with Fett, you know, where he's kind of neutral. Um, it's interesting when you start to see the motivations behind some characters, you know, and, 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 you, yeah. and you fill that backstory in. And you start to see that Mayfeld isn't just a dirtbag. He's a guy who, you know, was was earning the way he needed to earn money because he abandoned a lifestyle because of what had happened, you know, and, and, and just all yeah. of the consequences that, that came with having to see what he saw. And I really was impressed with the way he played it, you know, because there was so much in the face and the eyes 
mm. as that smug imperial officer was talking. Mm-hmm. Where and and I'm not going to say it was on the level of like what Al Pacino did in Godfather, you know, like the like like I don't know if you know the scene I'm talking about, but when oh yeah, the restaurant scene when when Corley yeah when Michael Corleone has to pull off taking out you know the, the chief of police and and Salazzo, and how all of that is in the eyes mm, as you see yes. the eyes go back and forth, going back and forth. Actually, that is that is that scene. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and yes. same thing there. I mean, again, I'm not going to put it at the same level. I mean, I'm not saying Burr was was doing what Pacino did, but it was very reminiscent of it. And, and, yeah, I, he and was, I thought it he was, was the right you know way to play that. Yeah, he was definitely pulling a Pacino. Oh, I mean, yeah. he he yeah. was he wasn't Pacino, but he was pulling a Pacino. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So just yeah, just su- such a well done scene. Such a well done scene. And and and. You know, it's again, you know, we've I, I hate to, you know, beat a dead horse here by talking about depth. But it's it's great when they bring that sort of detail into a story that, you know, there's there's real stakes, there's real consequences for people who have served on either side of the conflict, whether it's it's the rebellion or the Imperials, that there are those who come, you know, Cara Dune was another one who, you know, walked away from the rebellion. You know, mm. um, Mayfeld walked away from the Imperials. And even at the end of the episode, there's kind of a mutual respect there, you know, mm. although I it's a little bit more more than respect on Mayfeld's part. He He's kind of sweet on uh, on Cara Dune. He, <laughs> he, he likes him some 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 muscular ladies, uh-huh. and, uh, you know. That's you know he's he's like mm, I like me some powerful woman and mm-hmm. you know and she doesn't really seem to want too much part of him. She's like get out of here. <laughs> what is that accent? Go on, Ugh. get. <laughs> I go I'll go hang out with Doctor Mandible first. Yeah. Um. So next up, uh, Slave One releasing that sonic bomb was. Glorious. Oh my yourself. gosh! I'll I'll let you go first before I gush over this. Bye, just bye. Yeah, it was. I've got nothing to add to it. It looked awesome. My my younger one called this as as Slave One was flying away and the Tie Fighters were pursuing. He's like, "Wouldn't it be cool if he released that sonic bomb?" And I'm like, "Dude, that would be great." And then all of a sudden, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and I love it. It's like there's music, and then all of a sudden it goes quiet. And it's like. <laughs> yeah yeah that was that was pretty cool that was so well done and uh and again you know similar to the tragedy when you had that kind of quote that kind of came from the prequels that that was a, a great nod to a, a prequel gimmick if you will you know from episode two attack of the clones mm. when Django released the uh sonic bombs to kind of throw obi-wan off the trail and uh it it was it was very cool to bring that back and just to see how it shattered those tie fighters was awesome yeah yeah that was pretty cool um yeah i got nothing to add to that that was just it it, it was was my friend glorious yes uh next up mando's message to gideon was better than any wrestling promo in 2020 buy or sell i'm buying I mean, granted, it was a retelling of Gideon's promo back in in the end of season one, but you you gotta love the layered meaning to it now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like especially yep. the end when he's just saying like he means more to me than he will ever mean to you. It's like oh oh <laughs> yeah, this has gotten real, baby. 
I mean, it's not quite Liam Neeson in Taken, but it's it's getting there. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, buy on that one. That was great. That was absolutely great. Loved it. Loved it. And, and such a and great I, touch. And and I love Giancarlo Esposito's like facial expressions during it. Like you rat bastard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're you using my lines. Line. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I always think about the about Robin Williams at the end of Goodwill Hunting when he does that. Kids stole my line. Oh yes, yes. Oh, which was a total so. improv on the part of Williams. Very he much was just so. supposed to. He was just supposed to look. You know, kind of look off into the distance, and that was it. And I'm like, but that was so perfect. Like that's that is one of the, like the best improvs ever, and, and a great way to end a flick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Giancarlo just def- definitely had that look. Like, damn it, <laughs> that's mine. That's mine. <laughs> Gimmick infringement. I'm taking you to wrestler's court. That's right. Uh, oh, wait. This is this is not wrestler's court. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, next up, Mando will need to shed the helmet and armor again in order to get Grogu. Buy or sell? What do you think, my friend? I, I will defer. Uh, I'm going to sell. All right. I, well, eh. So part of me wants to say no because now it's it's already happened once. So now you're going to do right. the thing again right. instead of you, you don't do the same gimmick again. You do the next gimmick, you know, and but it would actually play into where this character is kind of heading. I, I feel in terms of coming out of this whole thing where it's like this is the way into right. wherever he's going to be going forward. So. Uh, I honestly, I'm having a real hard time with this one. I, I don't, I don't know if I can give a real solid answer on this because I can, I can definitely see this going both ways, and I'd be happy either way. Yeah, I'm kind of in a similar boat. I'm, I'm almost going to say a push on this one because, um, on the one hand, the believer, he was kind of focused on that concept. And so mm-hmm. it would be kind of going to the well again. But on the other hand, at this stage, you have to invade an Imperial Star Destroyer or whatever class of vehicle that would be. That, that Gideon I believe it's on. a light cruiser. Yeah. And how are you going to do that when you're dressed up in that sort of armor? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're going to try to infiltrate and do it in a quiet sort of way or a passive well, okay. sort of way. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna do that, I thought you meant it was like he's gonna have to take off the helmet like in front of people, like that sort of thing again. Well, yeah, that, just... I mean that's I mean yes, he, he could dress up as a stormtrooper, but in the event he can't, you know, similar to mm. Rogue One when like Andor has to dress up like an Imperial officer, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think it may go there, hmm. where he has to kind of dress up that way in order to infiltrate quietly the 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 star destroyer to get grogu and get him off the ship Hmm. that Hmm. that that's my thought so okay that's where i'm a push because i feel like it's been done point was made and you know we we saw mando without his helmet for a significant amount of time in that episode why do it again in the series finale but it would be symbolic of you know kind of showing like what grogu means to him now yeah, you know what I mean. So that that's where I'm kind of a push either way on it. Yeah, I'm still at a push. I can't decide. Hmm. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. It is. All right. Well, 
Luckily, we have other things to think about here. Mm-hmm. Next up, Gideon versus Mando will be Darksaber versus the Beskar Spear, a la Games of Game of Thrones, the Mountain versus the Viper. So I'm gonna buy. buy I'm gonna buy this one, and you know, yes, I wrote it. But uh, <clears throat> what's kind of funny with this, and, and a bit ironic, is the same actor who plays the Mandalorian, or at least when his helmet is off, plays the Mandalorian, Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. Played the Viper in Ga- in Game of Thrones. He was a Prince of Dorne, and oh. he went against the the Mountain, who was this like you know seven foot. You know he was just this massive, massive man who who fought with armor and sword, and the Viper fought with nothing but a spear. And uh, hmm. if you've ever seen the fight, uh, it doesn't end well for the Viper. So I'm not I'm I'm not you know advocating for the Mando to go down this way. But uh, I do. I, I just think it's a, a interesting nod, if you will, to to Game of Thrones to have Pedro Pascal playing a character who has a spear and will be fighting, most likely, I'm guessing, in the series finale, Gideon, who has the dark saber, and and it has been established in the Ahsoka episode that the Beskar spear can withstand. Uh, you know, assuming the dark saber is of the same material as a lightsaber. Uh, can withstand a strike, so it, it's going to be uh, fun to see that 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 you know fight kind of take place uh, if it does in the in the season finale. Mm. So that's I have, that's where I'm at. I have no frame of reference on this one, so I'm just going to say bye because I'm I don't know. I haven't seen Game of Thrones. I will warn you that if you do watch the clip on YouTube of the Mountain versus the Viper, uh, it's it, it's a little rough, especially toward the end. So, you know, just just buyer beware if you're going to watch that. Fair enough. All right, next up. <laughs> All right, we're gonna, <laughs> I threw this in. I threw this in strictly for Uncle Todd. So this is a total joke one here. But here we go. We're no, 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 no. We're going out of order because we're saving that one for last. Okay, that'll okay, be a nice okay. little. That'll be a nice little. You know, that'll be like a sip of cognac at the end of this. <laughs> I want to savor, savor. <laughs> So, uh, so next up, buy or sell, Thrawn will be the lead villain in the new Ahsoka show. So I'm going to buy this one, um, you know, and, and I'm not going to say that, that the timing of this was done this way for this reason, but I part of me wonders if they did the announcement when they did because Thrawn may not be a part of the season finale. And... For some fans who were kind of excited by the the utterance of that name in the Ahsoka episode, mm-hmm. I think it would make more sense now that Ahsoka has been announced as its own series for him to be the primary villain or antagonist in that one. And I could live with that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like I, you know, when, when I heard his name uttered in the Ahsoka episode, I, I had a lot of thoughts of, hey, it would be a great way to end the season to have it be something that kind of tips its cap to Thrawn being a part of the Mandalorian. Now I'm wondering if it just makes more sense for him to strictly be part of the Ahsoka story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. I, from what I've, what I understand and what I've read, the Ahsoka thing is not, it's not set up to be a, a, uh, a multi-year series. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a limited series, granted. Yes. Yeah. So I could see that and then 
maybe getting you into a movie sort of situation. I don't know. I I kind of want to sell on this because I think that the Ahsoka, I, I think that might be more dealing with kind of where she's been at since, you know, with the whole Anakin thing, you know, going from, from Clone Wars until now. Like, I... I, I have a feeling that might be more of an adventure that leads into a movie but does not feature Thrawn specifically. Mm. I although I don't know. Uh it's and and, mm. and you know, I, I don't mean to make it that the announcement, you know, kind of put the nail in the coffin on it because it, it would be still cool to have Thrawn be a part of Mandalorian, but given what they announced, it makes sense if they want to hold back and use him as the primary antagonist in that series, given her pursuit of him and given mm. the tie-in to Ezra Bridger, um, you know, which Ahsoka has, you know, and, and, and maybe the, the, you know, one of the primary reasons that she's pursuing Thrawn is because she's trying to find Ezra. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I'm wondering if that's what what that's kind of playing into a bit, which mm-hmm. which at that point it makes sense to me that Thrawn wouldn't be a part of Mandalorian; it'd be more a part of the Ahsoka story. But I'm speculating. Yeah, actually, the more you've, I'm more, I'm a buy now because the more I think about it, yeah, it would be really hard. I mean, I think. I think Thrawn still plays in, into Mandalorian somehow, but where whether it's just referenced, yeah. I don't know, um, but yeah, I'm I'm a bit more of a buy now. You've you've kind of convinced me. You've turned me around a little bit on it this. It certainly one. would be cool, but I could totally understand. And 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 the reason why I said it wasn't solely due to Mandalorian is because I I'm wondering if there would have been some fan backlash if Thrawn wasn't part of the season finale if they hadn't announced it. You know what I mean? Well, because because yeah. you don't say that name and then it not play some role in season two. But now that you know that an Ahsoka series is coming, I feel like the fan base probably would be more forgiving knowing that another series is coming that most likely would have him as the villain. Yeah, but they've done so many things right. It would it would be really hard for me to picture them botching that yeah. and saying, yeah, we're going to drop Thrawn in this episode and then we're not going to talk about – he's not even going to get like – you know, like we're not even get going to get Thrawn a peak before the end of season two. Like – yeah, we're not even getting a little. Huh? We're gonna. He's. We're not even getting like the little over the shoulder, just showing a little bit of blue, you know, face and and white uniform. We're not even gonna give him that. It's just we're gonna pretend it didn't happen. I can't imagine they would do that. Yeah. And if they did, it would have to be for a really good reason. Yeah. Um, but I could also see that kind of. I could see that story in a limited series, kind of then propelling you into, you know, what would be maybe the next. Star Wars movie, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. could be interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, final buy sell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better get you better get your Zen fountain going. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to need it for this one. Moff Gideon will submit to Mando using uh, Moff Gideon will submit to the gu- to the guillotine applied by Mando. Buy or sell? I'm going to you first. I I, I want to hear your reaction. No, no, I refuse. You first, sir. Uh, I, I'm going to sell. I, this was a total joke. <laughs> I just threw this in to get a reaction out of you. I am going to sell as well. Okay. because, 
and, and I'm not going to take the bait. I'm going to actually take this as a, much like Michael Caine in Muppet Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. I'm going to treat this as a serious question. Okay. And the fact is the reason that Moff Gideon will not submit in the guillotine is because Mando is a legit badass, and he doesn't need a weak-ass move like the guillotine. It's so easy to break. All it would take is Moff Gideon falling on him, especially with that big old chess piece of his that he's got. Oh, there we are. The Darth Vader starter set sort of thing (laughs) going on there. All it would take is him falling on him, and boom. It's done. So no, Mando's much smarter than that, and is a much better, you know, is much smarter and better, uh, you know, badass than Roman Reigns. So therefore, he doesn't need a lame ass move like the guillotine or the Superman punch. He just shoots him with the whistling birds ten times better. All right, all right. Not even ten times, like a hundred times. Right. And there you have it, folks. We have now closed the circle between. Between Roman Reigns and Mando. <clears throat> God help us indeed, all. Indeed, indeed. And another thing. So what do you got for this week's and another thing, sir? Uh, mine is uh, actually kind of fairly simple. Uh, if you are someone who uh, uses Spotify, um, there is a feature that that the app has called uh, Wrapped, which is kind of the end of year summary on what you've listened to. Uh, what you spend time listening to, genres, artists, uh, you know, d- just different facets of, of uh, just your listening kind of habits. And I, I just find it to be kind of a fun, uh, you know, just a fun thing to kind of, you know, watch through. It's, it, it takes about five minutes or five to seven minutes or so. And uh, it's, it's just fun just to kind of look back and, and think about, you know, kind of what you've listened to and what, what your interests were, you know, for that year. So I, mm-hmm. I watched mine over 2020 uh, and, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, like Rush, of course, was a big one. Uh, White Stripes was a big one. Jack White, as you've probably heard from other and and other things. Um, so, yeah. So I, I would just say if you're someone who, um, you know, who uses Spotify on, on the regular, uh, that the wrapped uh, feature is just kind of a cool way to kind of just review what your listening habits and, and your interests were for the year. Uh, of 2020 as much of a dumpster fire as it has been yes oh i always feel bad because i don't use spotify that much so i don't have any i I never i never bother trying any of this stuff because i i probably didn't listen enough for it to even give me a good reading on stuff Mm. like that but that is my own sort of thing uh i like to listen to you know vinyl and stuff like that and then I'm already. I've already bought into the whole Apple Music thing, so I'm ah. the idea of swapping over and trying to, you know, then all of the all of the stuff that I've kind of downloaded right. that I haven't actually bought, uh, and then have all that go away, and then I've got to come back and do it through Spotify. Kind of seems like a pain in the butt. Yeah. yeah, but that's just me. To each their own, my friend. Ah, yes, yes, and to and to the end result is music is listened each. to. Yes, that's what's important. So for me, uh, I went with a bit of a sentimental favorite. I think I might have actually used this one before, but uh, I'm I'm looping back to it for a second shot uh, for a very specific reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, again, because 2020 is an absolute dumpster fire uh, coated in dog poo, uh, and we're just losing like legends and 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 uh, well, and then of course we're also getting to a point where some of the legends that we knew growing up, growing up are uh, just kind of leaving us now, and we lost another one. 
uh, in the last week or uh, week or so here. Uh, General Chuck Yeager, uh, who was a uh, World War II combat pilot and test pilot extraordinaire, the first human being to fly faster than the speed of sound, passed away at the age of 97. And uh, I'm going to recommend that you go out and read his autobiography, which is uh, easy to remember. It's Yeager, an autobiography by Chuck Yeager and Leo Janis. Uh, Leo Janis actually wrote the bulk of this, uh, as this was written in the 80s. And uh, I don't want to spill too many dirty secrets, but a lot of those uh, autobiographies, and I'm totally using air quotes, uh, are ghostwritten. There's a lot of interviews, and then the there's a ghostwriter who goes through and actually makes it sound pretty. Um, but this is a this is a, a book that really made me fall in love with biographies mm-hmm. as a genre of books. Uh, when I read it back, I want to say I was in either grade school or junior high. And it's it's kind of really cool because it's a different structure than a lot of biographies. Uh, first and foremost, it starts off with um, a story that is not like, it's not like, well, I was born in blah, 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 blah. It starts off throwing you into this story. And it's not the story of him breaking the sound barrier. It's another flight in that test program but it was a flight where things were going wrong and so it kind of gives you it throws you right in and shows you just what he was uh you test pilots in this era were up against because they're essentially flying a plane that they're like it might work might not i mean there's no like computer imaging and engineering or anything like that and in fact with the plane that they were that broke the sound barrier the the wind tunnels of the day could only go up to 0.85 mach and Mach 1 is the speed of sound. So at a certain point, they're like, after you hit this point, we have not been able to wind tunnel test it because we don't have wind tunnels that will simulate that. So it's legit. Like, we don't know what will happen at that point. Like, we've built the plane to stresses... That that will get to this point, but we're not we're not sure what'll happen after that after this speed. Um, and then throughout the book, there's uh, there's these sections called other voices, and they bring in like uh, like Chuck Yeager's wife, uh, his friends, other pilots, uh, you know, the people who were his superiors when he was a test pilot and things like that. And there's interview segments with them where you get to hear their side of what's going on at that point in in Chuck Yeager's story. Oh, that's cool. Which is really, it's really kind of a cool thing to do, you know? And uh, Leo Janis did a great job of kind of getting like this kind of cadence and and almost like a, with a, like Keith Richards book, um, which I don't know how much of that was actually written by Keith Richards and how much of it was ghost written, but it sounds like Keith Richards. Like you listen to you, you're reading it and you can read it in his voice. If you've seen enough interviews with Keith, Keith Richards, it just sounds like, you know, he's, he's talking to you and kind of the same thing. If you've, if you, if you have any idea of what Chuck Yeager sounds like and, you know, from West Virginia, kind of down homish sort of, you know, country dude. And yeah, but man, just the life that this guy lived was is is extraordinary, and um, it's a great read. It's a, it's a fairly quick read. I actually started reading this uh, my reread on it last night, and admittedly, I I stayed up way too late. But I read about a hundred pages of this uh, just in one sitting because it's it just nice. goes. Is just such a f- nice flowing story, um, and and really a great testament to uh, this person who you know, was, uh, was a really great pilot and, and did some incredibly historic things, but was also, um, 
this whole idea of the right stuff, you know, the the book, the right stuff, and of course the movie that came out of it. Yeah. For him, I mean, he was he was kind of the first person to be like, I don't know if it's the right stuff or not, but I just I loved flying and I would work hard and I I paid attention and then you know he comes down and says like the secret of my success was I just always lived to fly another day, and to be able to break it down in that way is kind of like not getting too full of yourself like hey i just didn't die <laughs> that's you know kind of the that's why i'm successful i'm not a hole in the ground yeah. somewhere yeah. you know yeah. uh but it's a it's a great book and for a long time you couldn't get it but i i've i in looking for it now you can find it online used and also new and and everything and i highly recommend checking it out it's a, a really fun book really good read nice nice well thank you all very much for uh for being with us here uh, we certainly appreciate all of our loyal listeners and even the disloyal listeners you cheating sons of uh, anyways uh, uh we appreciate you all almost uh, at 1200 well, baby 1200 downloads I, oh just keep them sweet downloads rolling in mm-hmm. oh, oh we don't even care i mean you know we'd love you for love for you to listen and to enjoy it but even if you don't enjoy it just keep on downloading it's you know hey it's numbers is numbers baby just keep them cranking up uh, I mean, hey, we're not making any money off of this, so, yeah, whatever. Uh, but you know, tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell uh, people on the street that you meet randomly, and, uh, you know, just go up to me like, hey, free range agency, and they'll just be like, you know, put on a mask, you jerk. And uh, so, huh? Uh, I, huh? Uh, so, be sure to, to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. We are also on the Spotify. You can find us uh, on Podbean. You can go to freerangeadc.com and find all of our episodes there. Be sure to like us on social media. We love the social medias. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. All of those are at Free Range Idiocy. And you can actually send us suggestions, thoughts, concerns, and all kinds of other uh, miscellaneous debris to Tim at freerangeidiocy.com. And he'll handle all of that because I just, I don't like people. That's really, I mean, that's why podcasting is perfect for me because I could just sit here with a microphone. Honesty. So uh, thank you all very much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. It's been great uh, being able to chat here. And now, uh, as usual, we, we have come to the end of our time. It's time to kind of just pull all this in, together into a bow. And uh, right now, I just want to take a cleansing breath, listen to Tim's new uh, Zen fountain that he has over mm-hmm. there. Perhaps, you know, perhaps unlock a chakra or two, although I'm... Not sure if that's really healthy for me. I might. I should probably consult a doctor before unlocking my chakras because, well, I don't know. Isn't that what chakras are? No, that is not what chakras are. But uh, I like to. I like to kind of just bring it all, bring it all down for a moment, and really just contemplate and think back through the episode, relive it in my mind. And what the hell did we learn today? Anything? What have we learned? Oh hell no! We have learned. That Uncle Todd may be a master of the regular season, but when it comes to the playoffs, he gone. Yeah, just a total moron, really. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Just a total moron. We have learned Boba Fett is as legendary and mystical a character as we had always hoped he could be. Thank you to the almighty Favreau and Filoni for bringing him to life in the appropriate mm-hmm. fashion. Yep. We have learned Bill Burr. Dramatic actor, baby. Oh, yeah, he can pull suicide. Mm-hmm. He can pull 
And we have learned that there is always a time and place for the sonic bomb. We cannot get enough of that, baby. Oh, yeah. Bring it. More. Please. (laughs) Good stuff. With that being said, we once again, uh, as always. As always. As always. As always. Be safe. Be healthy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Be good to one another. Mm -hmm. Kindness, baby. Kindness Mm -hmm. this week. Mm -hmm. Focus on it. And as always, you know, Uncle Todd and I, we always need the 350. 350. So please, because we don't remember, won't you hit the lights on the way out? It's like I took the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon, what did you say? Damn! <laughs> You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. <laughs> Get out. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. Do it. No, kitty, this is my podcast. Do it. Do it. No, kitty, you can't have any. No, kitty, this is my backpack. Bad Excuse me, kitty. What the hell was that? So who put his hoo-hoo dilly in your cha-cha? Do it. Just a... That's it. No, kitty, a bad Smelly, your corn liquor or brewing is going to drive poor Miss Georgia right out of her mind. <laughs> No, Jimmy, this is my pet today. No, Jimmy, that's a bad Jimmy. Bad Jimmy. No, Jimmy, that's Grandpa's pot pie. No, Jimmy, no, Jimmy, that's a bad Jimmy. Shut up, Wesley. Bad, bad monkey. Eric, what the heck are you doing? I'm asserting myself. It's tough love. Just like my Mitchell Kitty. When he's bad, I say, that's a bad Mitchell Kitty. Now I smack him on the head. You can't fix stupid. Like my daughter. I'm your huckleberry. And failing all that, just don't be a dink. <laughs> well just said. Don't, well said. Just don't be a dink. <laughs> you know? Oh, my gosh. <laughs>